not ready for prime time, as they say. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime. Prime time. It's XL Prime Time, featuring Joe C. I'm having nightmares right now. Matt Hayes. Their D's gonna be really good. Mia O'Brien. One of those bugs just flew in my yeah, eyes. And Leon Searcy. Somebody has to go on the crowd. How you like me now? How you like me There's no tears at the combine. I don't believe. Unless it's Caleb Williams telling everybody that he ain't working out. They may be crying about that and some of the others that are up there, but they're not going to go through all the performance drills that GMs, scouts, and head coaches want them to do. But the NFL Combine, active as ever, including your head coach, Doug Peterson, your general manager, Trent Baalke, yesterday as we had our boots on the ground with our Mia O'Brien, Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, and there's plenty more coming your way from up there on this beautiful Wednesday. Golf Club of Southampton bringing you today's show as we are holed up in 1010 XL headquarters. But uh, let's shoot it on up to Indianapolis, uh, home of the Colts. But let's not even bring that up. It's home of the Combine. Uh, and Mia is up there. And Mia, coming out of the first day, all sorts of stuff, all sorts of chatter about this football team and the rest of them all trying to make some of these big decisions as far as signing guys, long-term contracts, doing deals, making trades. What is the latest today? Well, the latest today, Joe, is that I'm still seeing plenty of media members kind of hovering around where the podium availability is because we had a little bit of a backup when it came to the defensive line and linebacker prospects, most notably Tavondre Sweat, the defensive tackle for Texas, among those who was considered a no-show at least. I've been having to wander around. I'll, I'll give you guys the real lay of the land. Mm-hmm. I've been wandering around trying to get my laptop and iPad and phone connected to the Wi-Fi, which is refusing to do so today even though it did yesterday. So um, last I checked, those last few defensive tackles had not showed. From an NFL spokesperson, we were told that that was because of a backup in the medicals. Um, So we're continuing to try to clarify why exactly those prospects have not come to the floor. But that's the biggest storyline here right now because obviously that's a notable name, Michael Hall for Ohio State, another notable name who was, again, considered a no-show as of this writing. And so they may have popped in while I was searching for the IT department, Josie, Mm -hmm. um, but that was certainly a story storyline to watch and I think a big reason why is the trigger of this time one year ago in which there was a 45 minute holdup because all of the prospects had to be briefed on the Jalen Carter situation that there was a warrant out for his arrest and to not answer questions regarding Jalen Carter and so I think that's why a lot of people were like looking around like what's the holdup even if NFL um, spokespeople are saying that it's protocol. Yeah, that, that does take me back. I'd forgotten about that. But, yeah, that, that story was big when it broke. All right, so how big in your mind was the story uh, as far as what Doug had to say about press? You asked the question. I thought he expanded on it big time. Uh, we're all going to chime in right now as far as what we think. Uh, but I, I, I th- the inevitability, inevitability of Doug Peterson arriving at the conclusion, however long he decides to take, he will be the play caller. He may not do it 100% of the time, but that's at least what I gleaned out of what he had to say. Yeah, I've been, you guys know this. I've been saying it for weeks. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to come out and say it, quite frankly. I, I, the Jags could be in the Super Bowl next February, and Doug Peterson could be calling plays, and he will tell you that 
it's a collaboration between him and Press Taylor and basically do with that information what you will. Um, and, and so it's something that's being done, I think, to not diminish the role that Press does have in the organization, not to uh, belittle him, hurt his self-esteem. Um, and, you know, applause to Doug for looking out for his mentee in that regards. But, you know, I thought, you know, Brent Martineau asked the terrific question of if you're considered one of the best play callers in the National Football League, isn't that a detriment then to the organization to have one of the best play callers in the system among the, you know, the leading leaders here and you're not utilizing your full skill set? And so I thought that was that was an interesting question from Doug and or interesting question from Brent and an interesting reply from Doug because he was like, yeah, like that is something I need to consider. And so I think he's going to keep it vague for quite some time. Yeah, me. I, you know, I wasn't surprised that Doug and Trent, you know, were loving on some of the players that got uh, actually on the roster right now. I mean, because they're essentially on the roster and you're not going to say anything about them. But I was a little disheveled about the the questions that were asked about the offensive line. They And my my impression of the interview, they, they came across that they, they're okay with the offensive line. And I, I don't know if they're posturing, but they, they say they were okay with this guy, that guy, Cam Robertson, and all that kind of stuff. Were you a little – were you a little were you a little baffled by the, the love that the offensive line was given compared based upon what how they played last season? Yeah, I was told last week that quote we have the right guys in the building, and I just thought that was coach speak. To be quite honest with you, Leon, because I also woke up this morning still in disbelief that the love for Cam Robinson, the love for you know that entire offensive line to essentially run it back and say, hey, the ideal offensive line we wanted, we only trotted them out for one of 17 games, and thus we don't have a fair ass- assessment of where we actually stand at that position. I-, I thought that that was extremely baffling. And so, uh, look, could some of it be posturing? Because I also woke up and felt like maybe all of the love for the corner position was a smokescreen as well. Um, Perhaps, I think at the very least, if Cam Robinson does, you know, the, the Jags were never going to come out and say, yeah, we're looking at Walker Little, Cam Robinson, like we're releasing him. Like they would never come out and say that. And so they're trying to keep his value you know, and the value he has in the organization out there in the ether. And so you can't blame them for that. Ditto to Brandon Scherf. Not that I think they would, you know, deal Brandon Scherf. It's more likely they would deal Cam, maybe get some compensation back. And so you can't fault them for that if that is indeed their their play. But I, by all accounts, they truly believe that if not for Christian Kirk getting hurt, against the Cincinnati Bengals, and if not for a litany of offensive line injuries, they would have been a completely different outfit down the home stretch of the season. Wow. Yeah, wow. I know, Matt. So I, I'm with you, Matt. So, I'm with you, Matt. So, I am with you. All right, so, Mia, we, we've got a lot to digest, obviously. Um, but but I, I want to ask your, your thoughts on this because I think it's, you know, you've been around this long enough that you can see through stuff like this. Clearly, I think, from the, the comments made by Doug Peterson, um, especially when he was pressed on it, he's calling plays next year, right? Oh, yeah. I said that. No, I, Doug's calling plays. Yeah. There's no question in my mind. Yeah. It's, and, I mean, I, it's not even like, – like, I, 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 I told you guys that two weeks ago. I thought there was little to no doubt oh, no, no. that Doug I, would be I calling think, plays. I, I think we all have shared in that theory, that thought, that proclamation. We all have on this show, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But I think but it's, it's obvious now, finally, yes. And that's why it's we really – It's 100% obvious. Yeah, we really like the idea that you could press him on it. You could get him to open up about it. And the one thing that he did come out and say is that we couldn't run the ball. I think that ticked him off 
as much as anybody. Now, the thing is, Mia, yes. I want him to stay mad. I want him to coach angry. I want him to not be uh, more interested in propping up one of his protégés as opposed to propping up this football team. Leon? Yeah, yeah. yeah me, did, you like, did you like yeah, did you like that line he had for me Leon yeah. when mm-hmm. I, I asked about press and he was like, you know we were a top 10 passing offense with press and I was like, yeah. And he's like, we were also bottom third. I mean bottom 3 running. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, he okay, made that all right, point. at least yeah. you know there's some self-awareness. I like that. Yeah. You know, me I when when I heard Trent Baalke talk about Presser and he said he was a work in progress, he came across that there was really no expectations of him as a play caller because I heard Doug Peterson talk about his coaching staff and how he how he he talked about the guy has this Super Bowl experience or this kind of experience or that kind of experience. But then Trent Baalke comes and says, "Well, you know, Press 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 is a work in progress." I mean that that's that came across to me that there was really no real expectations of Press Taylor as as a play caller. It also says to me, Leon, they're not on the same page in what the uh, the company line is going to be with regards to press. That that's what I came away from it mm-hmm. thinking. Um, they're they're you know trying to put on this unified front. Which, by the way, I, I had to actually clarify this on Twitter for one of our listeners or X, excuse me. Um, I did think that number one, Trent and Doug were as transparent as I have seen them in the last two years of working with them. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, I thought the two of them together had a real unified front. Trent even answered the question with regards to, look, I don't make coaching decisions. I don't make on-field decisions. I sat in on the interviews because Doug and I are a team, and I want to be there to assist him. I thought that was the right answer, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But it appears they haven't come up yet with what the company line will be for how to deal with the press Taylor situation which um again from my reporting i can tell you is because um there is very much a wedge in that building by the name of press taylor and trent is on one side of the press situation and doug is on the other even if it does appear everything else they're on the same page yeah simpatico besides that uh it's so funny because you did kill my next question because i wanted to know what side of the ball Trent Baalke was going to be coaching on uh, coming up in 24, but you you, you killed that one. Maybe pass yeah. game He's the DB coach. Yeah. He's the DB coach. So, Come on. Or the pass game coordinator. Maybe yeah. the Texans will pick him up next year. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, look, I, I get it, and I love how he starts every comment, or not every, but a lot of the comments with um, – you know, you're going to see this, this, and this scheme-wise, but, but, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not coaching. I'll leave it. But, you know, going back to the one part, if that is a bone of contention, that can be a problem. It really can. And that's why I do think at some point Doug needs to diffuse everything. Look, you can – like we went through the list the other day about the coordinators by title and then the coordinators by actually doing that job. And Matt Nagy is a coordinator by title – collaborates with Andy Reid, but by no means is he calling the shots. Andy is, and I, I just envision that being the case once again here. Yep, I do as well. And, uh, you know, it, it's not to diminish the role that Press Taylor right. could have. Like, And I think not hiring a passing game coordinator is telling because Press Taylor will take on those responsibilities even if he's not the primary play caller. Um, and, look, could Doug go out and hire, like, a senior analyst who helps him with, you know, challenges, two-point conversions? Sure, but he had no problem handling that his first season in Jacksonville in addition to play caller responsibilities, which I know press call plays in the second half. Yes, continue to say that. That's fine. Um, what I think is at the core, though, of this argument, boys, is that Doug Peterson designed the offense that you saw in 2022 with the Jaguars. 
Press Taylor and Trevor Lawrence, to an extent, had a much bigger hand in designing the 2023 offense. And that's not to say that they designed it wrong or something like that. But Doug did say, perhaps we gave them too much. Perhaps there was it was too intricate of an offense a season ago. We need to simplify things. Then Calvin Ridley won't be running the wrong route or not noticing a check at the line because there's so much going on. And so that's where I think getting back to basics when Doug says that, it's not just about tackling Leon. It's about also making sure that we are moving the ball forward whether we're running it or passing it, and we're not worried about 9,000 other things going on. So there's a couple things that don't that don't add up right now or line up even. So he, they like the offensive line, right? It sounds like they're mm-hmm. going all in on the offensive line, yet they were bottom three, in, bottom three in rushing. That's number one. That doesn't line up. And another thing that doesn't line up is if you're good with those guys, you have to restructure Cam and Sheriff, do you not? You, you definitely do. Like, they and both have to agree to that. Sheriff once. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and as much as Doug and Trent both noted, well, the salary cap went up, it didn't go up to give you the flexibility to pay one guy $17 million and another guy 20 right. some odd million. Right. And, it, and Cam that, didn't, didn't do it last year. Why would he do it this year? Right. And when Cam didn't do it last year, I was told by multiple people, hey, you know, not only should this be a red flag for you as a reporter, I can tell you this is it for Cam. And, again, like I know Frank Frangie said it on his show yesterday when I brought it up. He was like, yes, I was told the same thing. But then midseason they were like, oh, wait, maybe we do need Cam He's playing for the better. identity. He's playing better than the rest He's the best couple. guy you got, right? <laughs> yeah, which I – again, like, and look, I'm, I'm defending Walker Little because I thought he played fine those first four games. I did too. I didn't see all these red flags that all of a sudden, like half of Jacksonville is – Oh, well, he walks back into the quarterback. He was in the first four games. No one was complaining about him the first four games. Then you put him in a position he had never played before. He got hurt, and then he wasn't healthy the rest of the way, which if we're going to use that excuse for everyone else along the offensive line, why can't we use it for him and say, hey, he's only getting paid $2 million. Not $2 million. I think it's like six, whatever it is for the Mm -hmm. second-round pick. Um, He's getting paid a lot less than Cam Robinson. Why can't we see what he does in a contract year? Because we know what Cam is, which is middle-of-the-road good, but not great. Let's give Walker Little that opportunity, and then we save some cash as well. So wait a minute. So 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 Cam Robinson last year was he asked to restructure or not? Because I'm no. saying oh, he wasn't asked to restructure, or was no? He? Because they basically said to him, "This is the last year, so you get to keep your money." Okay. Oh, okay. So is it like? Because I no no because see I, I was under the impression that they asked him to restructure and he didn't. Yeah. And him not being a team player, and he got a four game suspension going on. But yeah. I, but they didn't ask. Right. So, yeah. You know. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Because they wanted yeah, yeah. to get that. Yeah. They yeah, didn't yeah, want to. Yeah. They yeah. didn't want to kick that can they, down the I, road. I, I, yeah, I got you. Go ahead and eat it. There's not any dead money, or <clears throat> hardly any to speak of this year. The other part of it, though, is like I said, he rose against the ranks. And what's interesting, Mia, is that when Doug says Cam, Ezra, Luke, Brandon, and Todd, they only started one game. He didn't mention Walker Little right then. And I know that he still may be saying all the right things about who's in the locker room, but Walker's in that locker room too. And I thought that was kind of interesting that he said he at least made it sound like that's their best five and they only started one game, which, by the way, they lost that game. Right, and I've been told by more than one person that, you know, Walker's kind of the one that, like, gets them all together outside the building for, like, meetups and hangouts and 
let's go over film at somebody's house together. Um, so, so that part's interesting to me too, um, because if he really is kind of, you know, not, not the party planner, that's a negative connotation, but like mm-hmm. if he's the, you know, the guy bringing everybody together, it ain't like club the, Nate, the where, yeah. exactly. right. It ain't club <laughs> Nate, but you know, club walk, I guess. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. So again, but if yeah. he's organizing club Nate, then like, where is this disconnect between what's happening amongst the players and the coaching staff, you know? Because I don't think he is deficient of talent to play the left tackle position. Maybe they see him as a right tackle. And, again, I don't understand. Like, there's no other player on this roster that played a certain position in college and was, when healthy, a top-five player in college at the position. And then they said, well, we need to try him everywhere else. Like, name me another player on the roster that they're they're doing that with right now. You can't. Well, maybe he should have took him to like a bar fight to get him toughened up because they damn sure wasn't tough enough. This is they they weren't. But is he the is he the source of that though? Is that are they well, are I, they just pushing I, it all onto him? No, the, I don't think it's because then reser- what about the center position? Right. Exactly, it's not reserved to one guy. But what and does crack guard, me up? And the right what, guard. Yeah, like what does crack me up is that you know right Doug said guard. we need to figure out if we need to reduce the the number of plays. We need to do that. We need to run the ball better. We need to do a better job as coaches, and and then. Trent pops in and says you know, they weren't physical. They didn't win uh, when they needed to. All these things scream. The reason why you had to call a different type of play on third and short or fourth and short is because you didn't trust your offensive line, and yet they're still trying to convince us that those guys in that room can get the job done. That, that runs counter to the other. Yeah, the, the offensive line thing, though, I'm glad you led with that, Leon. That was definitely – Something that I, I that that in the corner position were the two things that I came away from yesterday, like just like kind of shocked by, but then woke up this morning and wondered, was it a smoke screen? Um, because never forget, Doug Peterson looked me in the eye last April and said, I'm very happy with our tight end room. And they went out and drafted a tight end in the second round. Yeah. Well, I hope they do admit their mistakes that they went and reached offensively and didn't get a dang thing out of their second and third. And it didn't round reach pick. back. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. They did not come with. And and so that part needs to change. And I do believe, based on the conversations, and we had Coach in here yesterday, and we we fired off our Campo and Joe podcast on some of the things that Trent said, that there are veterans in that room, but that doesn't mean you can't add to it. And we are all sitting there simply saying they will run multiple instead of a base defense with a nickel in there covering the slot more often than not. And Balky repeated it two or three times, 70 to 75%. You are running those extra uh, defensive backs out on the football field. You better be looking in in that area when it comes to the draft. Yeah, and I I referenced that on the Frangie show yesterday, too. That was – I had a philosophical conversation with Doug. I've had it with several other members of his staff, and – the the takeaway I had is look four three three four that part doesn't matter if you're not elite in the secondary you're not prepared for the modern NFL yeah. um, which is as close to seven on seven as we can get while still hitting each other yeah you got to so, run therefore with them. yeah. Right. If you can't run, if you can't be physical at, at the point of contact or at the point of attack, or just be sticky in in the secondary and have elite athletes at the corner and safety position you're not going to be for long in this league and so um yeah it's it's interesting um i'm very excited to talk to the cornerbacks tomorrow um Mm -hmm. to get some intel and to some potential targets for the jags because it is a relatively deep corner class even if the top is like a very good top um and so so yeah i mean maybe it's a smoke screen and they go same or the nickel out of michigan 
um, in the second or third round, for all we know. Um, of course, th- that will solve the nickel position that may not solve Darius Williams and Tyson Campbell being in contract years and what happens beyond next year at the outside positions. Um, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Can, can, I, um, can I float something at you guys that yeah. was pitched to me um, on, the, uh, on the floor out there? What happens if another player who I believe is speaking either tomorrow or Friday, I think it's tomorrow, though. Mm-hmm. What happens if Brock Bowers falls to, eight, to 17? Oh, Matt, Matt put that, that question out there, and we were laughing because trying to figure out whether or not you would go get him. Now, the first caveat whenever you answer this question is, well, they did draft a tight end in the second round last year. Are they willing to admit their You mistake? admit you blew a second yeah, round pick is that's what you would do. That's the first part of this right. answer. Or do you, Matt, yeah. or do you say – this guy is one of the most elite playmakers in this class, regardless of position. Best player available. He's going to split out wide. Can you imagine him and Evan Ingram run, running opposite each I don't other? disagree with you, but I, I just there's no, I, I think about that draft we won that day, and that's literally going to have to be Balky saying we blew it last year mm-hmm. yeah. with, a, with a prime and o- pick. And I'm okay with that. I am too, Absolutely. but I, I just don't know they can do that. Yeah. But just know this. And this is evident when you look at the league. They have a dynamic tight end. They do. Mm-hmm. And they don't necessarily – it doesn't mean they can't have another because that's what they tried to do this last go-around. But I'd rather them add to other rooms even if Brock Bowers falls. I would trade out of there and let someone come grab but him. You're, but you're a best player available guy, though. Well, yeah, but get so the capital. So you're starting to come to my side yeah, now, aren't you? Get the capital out of it if you feel like you can, honestly. If you, if you feel like you – in other words – Make take advantage of that situation. Don't reach for another uh, position that doesn't match that value. But if you can get someone wealthy. else to, to, to I would I, I would say this wealthy's Kelsey. Yeah, I understand that. Just like how you people passed on Patrick Mahomes. I understand yeah. all yeah. that. I get it. I get it. Um, I still think Brendan Strange could be a pretty good player in the league. I do. I do too. Um, he's I athletic. Thought, he's big. Yeah. I'm using it's it in his past first year, tests. man. It's his I know first that. year. I just want to see it. I really do. I look, get it. I still think he's got a chance. Um, me too. Me too. Me too. But <clears throat> if you're there and it's 17 and you got a chance to get the best guard in the draft or Brock Bowers, it's going to be a tough decision. Right. There's no doubt about it. But if if you're 16 and standing upright, it doesn't matter who's running around and running patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what we said. Mia, that's what we said yesterday. I looked at Leon. I'm like, if you don't go get that guard – you're never going to complete the pass to Brock. Uh, and, and that's no. the part that, that you really ultimately have to figure out at, at number 17 overall. Yeah, and to bring this full circle, I was disheartened um, coming away from yesterday. And I, I said it in my quick hits. I, I was like, the dream of offensive line at 17 is dead. And that may have been a little dramatic. Um, but, you, you know, I dramatic? just came away from it. I never, never. Um, as I'm as I'm sitting alone at a table amidst our friends from the Falcons and Patriots and several others making loud noises. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's um, I don't know. It, it, it yes, could you find quote unquote value on day two at the guard position? Sure, but don't you also have holes along the defensive front that you've kind of pushed off to yeah. day two, day three? Don't you have the wide receiver position that even if you re-sign Calvin Ridley, and I know all of this is pure speculation until free agency is complete, but even if you re-sign Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones is in a contract year. Christian Kirk will be in a contract year the yeah. following season. Yeah. Like, don't you also have to address that hole? Yeah, it never and so it's, Yeah, see, the problem is, like, a guy like you, Lacey yeah. didn't pan out. Yeah. So – at least in his no, first year. I, I would put him. I would put him in the Brenton Strange category, Matt. He's a rotational piece. Yeah, he will be in a new system this year where it's going to be by rotation, 
And Trent Baalke talked about the onboarding process, how it needs to be better because they felt like they didn't develop those. They didn't not develop. That sounds bad. They didn't give those guys who maybe no, no we don't need to right contribute way. this year. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we didn't give you opportunities in September yeah. or October that would prepare you for December. We didn't do a good enough job. We need to do that more in the future with these next draft classes to come. And so I don't think it's giving up on Tyler Lacey. I think it's saying, hey, we didn't prepare him for the moment to be that rotational guy by year two. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I, and so now he's got to play catch up. I think really what I meant by that is I, I use Lacey as an example. It's probably not right. But, but the, two, last, four, the, last, the last three drafts, have, they've done nothing on the interior dra- right. defensive line. Right. And what they've picked hasn't panned out. And two fourth-round draft picks. That's right. So I mean, that's the problem. And, Again, we always go back to this every time. It's about how you draft and how you scout and how you, okay, these guys, this, we can develop this guy. And it hasn't happened. All right. Yeah. We no, gotta, and it's uh, – yeah. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I was going to say we got to turn and burn, but give us real quick – a thought on Josh Allen coming out of the first day because I, I know every Jaguar fan had to be at least encouraged by Balky saying, I'm meeting with Ridley's agent, I'm meeting with Allen's agent, uh, so on and so forth. Yeah, I spoke with someone last night um, who echoed what I was told last weekend, which is, you know, Josh's camp isn't too happy with Trent Balky, mm-hmm. um, you know, because he went and said, Josh will be a Jaguar, and it's like you never picked up the phone. How can you just say that? Um, But they understand that, you know, he's going to, if a deal is not completed by the end of this week, be tagged come next week's deadline. That's just what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And they understand that that is being done to open and extend that window if it comes to that point. Although, you know, there's some school of thought of why is Trent, quote-unquote punishing Josh he proved it last year why would you make him have to prove it again this year and I I'm I agree with that camp I don't understand why we're having that conversation and so if that's the truth then it's a sad truth um but from people I spoke with last night out and about in Indianapolis um it's a tenuous situation but at the very least yes they have met once before they're going to meet again this week they met yesterday um i think they're going to meet again on friday trent hinted at so there is a plan and a schedule in place at the very least which is positive all right yeah that's good news all right so out and about all things uh on the ground at the nfl combine you can keep track of our social channels 1010xl across the board you'll have plenty coming our way and then we'll talk to you again around two Yes, uh, I'm going to go get my Wi-Fi fixed so I can get even more content posted on the 1010XL social channels. That's operation number one. And then maybe eating. Also, um, love Indianapolis, great city. One critique, boys, Mm -hmm. there is no water anywhere. There's no water fountains. There was no water bottles in the media room for an hour just now. Um, Shout out to Hayes Carlion, though. He went out. He he found me some water bottles. I'm just trying to stay hydrated. Anyone who watches 1010XL on the live stream knows I'm a gallon jug a day girl, so um, I should have brought the empty gallon jug to prepare for this. Exactly. But, hey, listen, we're, we're having a great time here in Indianapolis. All right, we'll talk to you in a little bit. Uh, and don't, Thanks, go boys. To, don't go to Indianapolis for a cocktail shrimp, okay? Yeah. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. All right, so let's live off of what we just talked about, get back into some of those subject lines because, honestly, the what you hear isn't necessarily what is real as far as are they going to stay stand pat with the line that we that that Doug described and like we mentioned Walker Little wasn't even brought up in that situation so let's get into all that coming up a little more from the combine you guys can hit us on the text line six four one ten ten streaming there streaming here so you guys can find us on YouTube just search ten ten XL on a golf club of Southampton Wednesday. 
Grilling Up Lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. I've got to make a confession. <clears throat> Matt Hayes cooked some killer barbecue. I'm telling you. Uh, look, I think if we did go show to show, head to head, right on 1010XL, mm-hmm. we would wipe the floor with any other show out there when it comes to cooking. What'd you cook? So the thing is, is I figured it out. I'm never using a pellet smoker again. Never again. It's literally just the old school Weber grill, charcoal grill. Mm-hmm. It's indirect heat. It's you got to have it. You got to have it 180 degrees. Your your product from the indirect heat, and you got to have your smoke vent right above your product. And you just got to look. It takes time. You got to tend to it. And every hour, you got to add a couple coals. Not a lot, just a couple coals, and it takes like seven hours as opposed to like twelve on the well, pellet. Well, this is what I want to ask you. I mean, we're, we're boys, right? Yeah. Boy, I, I, Joe got his own, and I had to share with you. <laughs> I am ready to share with you. But Joe brought me yeah. some lentil no, soup, I, 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 man. No, I'm just saying, bro. You Joe didn't bring enough. You soup. ain't bring enough. That's all I'm saying. Man. I, so I pay attention to stuff. I got more at the house, bro. I'm bringing okay, more. Man, Here's man. What's I so want funny. my own, bro. Can you bring my own? Yeah. Thank you, sir. Exactly. And he deserves it. He deserves it. But if you think about it, Leon's lasagna, right, the wings, all the other dishes that we have made, uh, Denmark wants to take credit being part of XL primetime right now. I think he might have had a winning dish. JJ's deviled eggs. Mia's Brussels. We would wipe the floor with every other show out there. Nobody wants to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, TLD made lentil soup last night, and so uh, that's all healthy. So she's like, does Matt, she said, you should take some of this to work. I'm like, big sirs, I don't know. Lentil soup. She says, well, Matt definitely will have some. I said, okay, I'm. Mm. I'll, I'll make some up for him, and then he comes in with the pulled pork to match it. I'm like, so yeah. the the thing is, I wanted too, that is deal. Yeah, that the rub is the rub I got from Southern Steer, and it's just unreal. I was gonna say you have to have good the, meat. Yeah, well, so so I got the, the, the this I started this with the brisket mm-hmm. when we did our little you know our little contest that we yeah. had for for the Super Bowl, and the and the folks at um, Southern Steer were gracious enough to you know give us the brisket and mm-hmm. and. It, and he also said, look, try this rub. This rub's great. So you guys love the brisket. And by the way, I did the brisket on the Weber. Yeah. Same way. Yeah. Same the, way. The outdoor show accepts your uh, your challenge, by the way. Just oh, got to call it. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, man. Bring Captain it Kev, I guarantee you favor and logs and all. They don't want any of this. Logs now, doesn't look, want this heat. I'd man. be scared of them just a little bit. Like if there right, because he'll come up with like pheasant and stuff. You know, he'll do something out of the box. Yeah. What they'll do is they'll come up with Quail. Some, yeah, exactly. Wild. Duck. Beastly wild food, wild beer. boar. Yeah, let me tell you something. We'll you do, boar. you do bring in like a good smoke. <laughs> Which may not be bad either, actually. Yeah, good smoked hog or some good venison that you just kind of marinate that backstrap. Uh, yeah, you know what? They might be the best competition uh, as far as the rest of the shows on Ten Ten XL and ninety two five FM are concerned. All right, Joe C, Matty Hayes, Big Search. We have Mia up at the NFL Combine. <clears throat> Say thanks to. Uh, Every bit of covers that we've gotten from up there along not only on XL Primetime but also the Frangie Show, and they will have that coming up a little bit later on today with plenty more uh, from up there. Uh, but let's just at least still react as far as what we're talking about. And then we need to get into a couple of other things, including the NFL PA and their grades on NFL teams, which I know you can chime in on, Leon. The Players Association votes on which teams they think 
uh, create the best environment. As an example, Mike Tomlin from the NFLPA, he gets an A-plus grade, an A grade, and they mm-hmm. gave their owner an F. And so we'll get into that coming up uh, mm-hmm. in just a little bit. All right, so just to get back to the one part that Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke focused in on, we're talking about there's no way you can say – we had the best five guys out there in that last game. That was the first time you had all those five guys together. Well, you lost the game. You barely averaged three and a half yards per carry. You still weren't protecting your quarterback. And you can't convince me that that is the perfect five, especially when you're talking about Brandon Sheriff starting 17 games and Luke Fordner. They combined for 34 starts this year together, mm-hmm. but they were a liability. And so – I don't see how they can say they still couldn't win the line of scrimmage, and yet they're okay with uh, keeping that Well, you got to start making excuses for the offensive line. Offensive line literally all season long was soft, especially down the stretch. Mm -hmm. All right? You were able to hide it the first couple of weeks, the first half of the season, you know, because you were relatively healthy at all positions. But when when it came down to the cut in the brass, Mm -hmm. when it came down to the the feet on the fire, they didn't respond well. They couldn't couldn't convert. Listen, when you're on shotgun and third and one and fourth and one, that's that's an indictment on the offensive line. Absolutely. That means that you know your offensive line interiorly can't get it done. That's why you do those that's why you do those little trick plays, those end the rounds and all that. That's when your your quarterback is diving from the yard and a half to try to get a uh, quarterback sneak instead of just run the ball to get the you know to get the touchdown. So, right. so just don't make excuses for them. They were soft down the stretch when you needed them the most. Now why were they soft? That's the question you have to ask yourself. The, the, how teams get big, physical and that the intensity in practice has to be uplifted, especially in the months of November and de- December. You have to send a message to the guys on, on on both sides of the ball that we've got to be a lot more physical if we're going to go to where we need to go. And that's an indictment on the coaching staff because the coaching staff felt comfortable with the eight and three, felt that we were good. We don't need to make any changes or anything like that, which you do because every coach knows that in the months of November and December, the intensity of the NFL hypens. It, it ramps up, mm-hmm. and if you don't, if you don't accommodate to the ramping up of the the, the of the games during that time, mm-hmm. then you get lost in the dust like the Jaguars were down the stretch. Yeah, and and, and if you just want to just call it a good old fashioned fist fight, bar fight, or whatever, they it were is. losing. Yeah. They were on the ground, absolutely, uh, and that's basically what and, it comes down. to. You know what the thing is, Joe, is the fact that they were losing and they didn't know how to respond to it. Yeah. That lets me know that. In practice, because in practice, they, you always put through certain scenarios. You know, I know when I was in practice, you're putting in, in compromising positions to see how you get out of it because you know at some point in the season you're going to have to go through that kind of stress, you know, of the physicality and the mental strains of being a, a player. And then how do you respond to it? Mm-hmm. And I, our offensive line folded this tent more so than often. Yeah, it did. And man. that's unfortunate. So yeah. let, let me just remind everyone, okay, last game of the season, you need to win on the road against the Titans, a team that's just not a good team. All right? I think it's very safe to say they're a bad team, actually. You're down 28-20 in the fourth quarter. You got first and goal at the seven. First and goal at the seven. Incompletion. Second and goal. Two-yard pass to Zay Jones. Oh, I'm sorry, six-yard pass. Mm-hmm. Third and goal from the one. Incomplete pass to the short right. Fourth and goal from the one. Mm-hmm. Trevor does his old, I'm going to get the ball jump and get over, the, get over the, the goal line. But he does it from the one. And it wasn't like from the half. It was from right. the one, which is, you can't do that. No. Four shots right there. Four shots with not only the game on the line, but your season on the line. Yeah. And you're not running the ball 
to to one of your best players on the team, Travis yeah, Etienne. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you watch the play, if you watch the play that when when Lindner got blown up. By the way, hang on, real quickly. Yeah, I'm going to interrupt you, real okay. quick. The only game of the year, mm-hmm. the only game that those five played together, and they made a point of that yesterday. Right, right. That's Doug what I was Pe- saying. Doug Peterson yeah. did. That's the only. They only played one game together. Well, they played terrible in that game too. Yeah, they were awful. Absolutely awful. With a, with a team that was ready to pack it up and go home. Mm-hmm. They were. They, I mean, but the last thing they wanted to do is they wanted to give us a a, a gift that they gave. We gave them last year. Uh, you know, a present to go home to Cabo for the vacation, vacation, and that's exactly what they did for us. But if you watch that play, that was fourth down and one. This mm-hmm. is what I'm talking about. If you watch, I'm not. We're not piling on Linda, but if you watch that play where you're the center, he has to reach the nose that's head up on him. Right. Right. He was terrible techniques. Why? First of all, he didn't move his right foot. His head was backside, and he was high. Mm-hmm. So your quarterback is trying to run a sneak with a center who is not technically or physically sound. So that, that happens. Yeah, and, and that is the worst thing. That's what you're talking about more than anything else, and, and, and that's the one that gets you more than anything else. All right, so you guys let us know, 641-1010, because I don't, think, I don't think too many people out there are buying what they're selling, but at the same time, you want to know if, like, are you going to get rid of Cam? Is Walker Little going to be ready to go when it comes to taking over that spot? Is Anton Harrison going to move from one side to the other? Because that still is possible. How are they going to make sure they take care of the tackles? How are they going to make sure they protect the blind side of Trevor Lawrence? And then also, how are they going to start running the damn ball again? Those are all factors. So we're going to stay on this. But Denmark, I feel like we got to hit this because, look, we, we've been talking a lot of uh, Jaguar football. Let's hit just one interesting that. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I, I look at this, I, I smile a little bit, I shake my head, I might even become a little angry when I'm looking at it, but according to reports, Florida, the University of Florida, has hired a veteran SEC assistant coach to an off-field role. And the title includes scouting and head coaching projects. His name is Dan Enos. <laughs> Ever heard of him? Ever heard of him? Great UC- OC. Yeah, exactly. He fired his last three jobs. Yeah, he's, uh, he was in Miami. Uh, how'd that go, Leon? Uh, we sent him packing yeah, one Ar- year. Arkansas. Uh, Same thing. Gonski. So the reports are that in off-field role – and it will feature roles that include scouting and head coach projects. So if you're wondering what Billy Nopier is up to, if he is out there making changes necessary to bring your Gators up to the level that you would expect, just know that Dan Enos is on your side. There you mm-hmm. go. Matt, there you go. I don't even know what to say, man. That's yeah. a game changer is what it is. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, I don't, it's, it's like every day there's something new. Every week there's something new. Yeah. Um, I would give him credit. I thought Rob Roberts was a really good hire. Mm-hmm. And I think Rod Roberts could help Chris Farley a lot this year, mm-hmm. a yeah. lot. Yeah, on the defensive um, side of the ball. Yeah, they've. I think they've got some pretty, pretty darn good players on the defense side of the ball, especially the young guys. Um, so I think that was a really good hire. But it's just wow, wow. I mean, I get it. He couldn't get Charlie West Jr. to be his OC, but why stop? Why mm-hmm. stop there? Try right. something else. Yeah, try right. something. Well, else. don't try this. Uh, that, that's another one I'm going mean, to suggest. Don't like promote don't your tight this. end coach to be your offensive coordinator. Yeah, I, I I don't even, and he's not the offensive coordinator, and nor is, is Rob Sal. B, 
Billy Napier is the offensive coordinator. He's right. the quarterback's coach. He's the offensive coordinator, and he's the play caller. Yeah, he's, and he's doubling down. This is his job, and if he's and I respect that in him, man. If he loses it, it's going to be on him, not mm-hmm. anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, so there you are. Six four one ten ten. You guys can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures and chime in on that one uh, if you want. Uh, let's get to the uh, NFL PA, Maddie, uh, and set it up because you're talking about. And I'll I'll go back if I'm if I'm remembering the timeline correctly. 2017, they take it all the way to the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. 2018, they come back. We all know that they, they fizzled and flamed out, and it wasn't long after that that the NFLPA said, at least sent a letter out to veterans, free agents, potential free agents signing with, with teams, telling them, don't warning the them. Don't sign with the Jags. Don't sign with the Jags. Wow. And one out of every four complaints <clears throat> from the PA to the – or from the players to the PA, Players Association – was coming from Jacksonville. Well, they let Tom Coughlin go. Okay? So that happened then. Let's fast forward now. How much has changed? So the NFL player survey came out um, on working conditions, the survey on working conditions. Mm-hmm. The top five in the NFL, the Dolphins were one, the Vikings are two, Packers three, Eagles four, and your Jaguars at number five. The, wow. bo- the bottom five, Steelers. Steelers? Number one. Hang on. Yeah. Uh, Patriots, number two. Chargers, number three. Chiefs, Chiefs, number four. Mm. Back-to-back Super Bowl champions, number four as far as the poorest working conditions in the NFL for players. And then, of course, Washington at number five. The Steelers, do they, they must have the same lock as I had when I was playing. That's what that's what they, that's what must be going on. Something must be going. Hey, listen, I can understand what the, the Jack. Well, listen, I when when we had our reunion. And we went to Miller Electric, that yeah. place where they, I mean, these the guys, the Mecca, I'm sorry, the Mecca. I mean, <laughs> these guys, these guys are living plush, bro. I mean, we, you're, you're talking about massage chairs. You're talking about your indoor swimming pools, spas. Barbershop. I mean, barbershop, yeah. you know, uh, golf simulator, all that kind of stuff. So they live in large. The, the, the meeting rooms were immaculate, everything about it. Yeah, Shot Khan got an A. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, and look, I and you guys know this. We have maintained this. And Shad. Since he's purchased this team in 2011, took over ownership in 2012, mm-hmm. he has done nothing but open the checkbook to what is his reward. Not a lot. He has True. stroked more checks. He's said yes more times. He's given more people more power. And he has not been rewarded in any way, shape, or form except for a trip in 2017 to the AFC Championship game. And then multiple changes had to take place after that. Mm-hmm. And there's been three head coaches since that trip to the AFC Championship game. And then here he is again after they make it to the postseason and you feel like something special once again is being created in Duval and he's right back out of the playoffs again. So I feel for I feel for him because he has done nothing but lend support financially and giving them all the control that they would ever want. That's Balky, that's Peterson. That's going back to Dave Caldwell and anybody else. <clears throat> but that's a pretty good grade and a pretty good change from where they were. Yeah, I mean, and listen, the accommodations that Shot has provided these players, the luxury, the land of luxury that they live in, mm-hmm. you, you would think they play a little better. <laughs> I, I'm just being honest with you. You would think, I mean, because if you go over there, you go over there, man, I mean, the, the, every, every possible uh, problem is, is solved over there. 
as far as players go. Right. As, as far, far as, as what you want. As far, I'm talking about hybrid. What's it go? What's it called? Hybrid. Hyperbaric. Hyperbaric. Chambers. Those. Like, mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. You got a. They got a freeze bar where you can. You know where you can. You know, cool your body off. Really. And all that kind of stuff, man. It's crazy. I, I listen. I was amazed. They got uh, steam showers. They got steam showers, saunas. Oh, you know they got that. I could have used that. All right, last now, it's week. interesting that one of these categories, Matt. Tell mm-hmm. me what. <clears throat> tell me what other categories you have, because one of them is treatment of families. Right. That's where they're. That's their lowest grade. Okay. Their lowest grade is treatment of families. Oh, Jaguars. 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 Really? What did they get? Uh, D. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Or a D minus, I think actually. Because as an example. The Arizona Cardinals got a D plus mm. in the treatment of families. C from the Falcons. Uh, some Bs for Baltimore, Buffalo, and Carolina. <clears throat> Excuse me, Cincinnati Bengals in treatment of families. An F minus. Wow, you can't get it lower than that. Uh, so awful. I mean, what, I mean, listen, these. Are I didn't the, know there was an F minus. I didn't know what it is. That's Apparently, the that's what they've that. got listed here. Wow. Uh, again, so, so I, this is a this is a reference from the players. About the organization, I mean, or yes, is it, is it, oh, the say, players, yes. oh, so I mean, he's the players as far as treating the families. That I mean, they put them in nosebleed during the games or something. That's well, the only thing. That's the only thing. Well, it, maybe it could there's be. not like facilities for the fam for the, well, for the families they when that. they come in. They have that. They do. They have all that was accommodation. The Bengals. It's got to be associated with ticketing. Really, it has but, to be or parking or something yeah. happened and they're all rallying around it and maybe, saying maybe it's not good. No, because listen, it's a plus over there as far as taking. Even when I was here. They take care of your family. Mm-hmm. I mean, accommodate them, whatever they need to do. Mm-hmm. But I, that that's that's baffling to me. So treatment of families, food slash cafeteria, nutrition, nutritionist slash dietitian. The Cincinnati Bengals got an F in all of those. F minus in all of those. Wow. The Dallas Cowboys, A, B, B. So that goes to your point. They're all comfortable. Comfortable and yes. cushy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and they may not That's why be winning the, play, play the games there. that they need to be winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Detroit Lions got a B uh, with the families, C's with uh, cafeteria and food and nutritionists. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, uh, pretty much uh, positive grades for them. Houston Texans, B plus in treatment of families, A minus mm-hmm. in those other two categories. Indianapolis, a D in treatment of families, a C. In food and cafeteria, a B minus uh, in nutritionists and diet. Hmm. Right, I mean, well. we also have to put this into perspective, everybody. These guys around the league, I don't care what team you're on, you're treated like royalty. Oh, they are. Okay, so it's let's all put relative. this into perspective yeah. a little. It's bit, all relative. Right? Yes, of course. Okay, it is. now look and tell me if you can see. As we should, but well, go ahead. Yeah, but you, but sirs, you agree, yeah. right? Of course, I mean, yes. We're anything spoiled. like it's not. It's not only the food. It's like they do. It's your laundry. It's everything, man. Your pads are clean every day. All that stuff. You need a car to come get you. They come get you. Yeah, uh, that's true. The Miami Dolphins. See if you see another uh, all A's across the board. The Miami Dolphins got all A's across the board. So the professor down there, Mike McDaniel, uh, got nothing but high praise uh, from his players. The 49ers, I guess this was not shocking either. Uh, A-A-B. Uh, so they pretty much got high grades. But the Chiefs got – Pretty much bad grades across the board. Oh, uh, darn Andy. Uh, what was Back to back Super Bowl champions. Oh, yeah, that's right. In the uh, players' families, they got a D plus. Uh, in food in the cafeteria, they got a C minus. Uh, in diet and nutrition, they got an F. You know what they got an A plus in? You know they got a Lombardi. You know what they got an A plus in? <laughs> yeah. Quarterback. Yeah, dubs. Mm. Lombardi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, it's XL primetime. You guys can jump in 6-4-1-10-10. Thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. I'm excited, even though I'm still working with the bad wheel uh, right now with the uh, tendonitis in the uh, left ankle. 
Uh, the nine after five is coming back, and so it won't be long. The Golf Club of Southampton getting all fired up and ready to go, and that will take place right after the players' week. So we would love for you to start to get ready uh, for a little nine after five Wednesdays at the Golf Club of Southampton with Joe Sieg and the rest of the crew uh, all looking forward to being out there and enjoying it. So you can find a great golf course anytime you want to go out there. Membership opportunities, you can bring a foursome, plan an event, whatever it might be, the Golf Club of Southampton. Let's head into the 1 o'clock hour. Uh, you Gator fans chiming in on Dan Enos, your latest hire, 641-1010. Let us know what you think about that, and then back to the combine we'll go. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, it's so funny. We have, at times, been critical of one Trevor Lawrence, number 16 of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Yet we have also pointed out, that when you take a look at that draft class, which he went number one overall, Justin Fields is on the trade blocks. He's not going to see his first full contract in Chicago. At least you wouldn't expect it. And now this. Zach Wilson, this is not a shock. Zach Wilson has been given permission to seek a trade per GM Joe Douglas up in New York. How's that going to go? Who in the hell? is going to trade for Zach Wilson, honestly. Anybody? <laughs> Nobody. Canadian football? Yeah, yeah. It, it can the UFL or the whatever the new one is called? Mm. I mean, he's back up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean trade. Yeah, he's not a starter. No, no way. No, no and, way. It's so funny. Towards the end of the year when he got in there and he had one or two moments and he had the win, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the team that he that he beat down the stretch. They did beat Kansas City. Do not forget that. They did beat them. Mm. But anyway, he had one or two good games, and you're like, well, maybe, maybe he's getting it. Well, he didn't. It's, it's official now. You, the sticker. Yeah. Bust. Yeah. It's, it's official. And once again, round of applause for another Jet and a member of the Jaguar Pride, Frank Gore, uh, for making that happen. Okay, because. Absolutely. Is there any doubt this franchise would have picked him? Is there mm. any doubt? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you used to say the the, the Jaguar thing to do that. Yes, yeah, that yeah. they would have picked him. It's just, just imagine if you had Zach Wilson instead of Trevor Lawrence. Well, you'd still be three and three and fourteen, yeah. okay, like you were. And this yeah. team, and this team may have taken Justin Fields that year. You never really know as far as what who the mm-hmm. second quarterback would have been the second overall pick that year. Although but, you wouldn't have the year of Herb because apparently he only came because of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, because Trev. True. Right. Yeah. And, and, and who Allegedly. knows? Yeah, who yeah. knows fortune teller I think wise. he came because of his ego, but that's another story for well, another time. Well, but mm-hmm. Trevor convinced him because of his ego to come. Look, he, he was looking at the prize just like everybody else was looking at the prize. I can come in and win off of that guy's arm, uh, which is what happened. But up in New York, it couldn't have gone worse for them. They finally get past him with the – Hope of Aaron Rodgers in four plays in, he rips his Achilles. And so it couldn't have gone worse for them. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers when it's all said and done, but know this. GM Joe Douglas has said, go ahead and seek a trade if you want. Yeah. Well, listen, as much as, as the kid can still play in the NFL as a backup. That, sure. that's, that's has, that has to be his mindset now. His mindset has to be, okay, you know, second pick overall, you know, New York City. Now I've got to – got to re calibrate my career, and I've got to get smarter because you can get a backup role. You Listen, what's his name, Chase Daniels? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chase Daniels oh, has been in the league time. forever. Like, I think he was in the league 10 years, 11 years, and made over $54 million yeah. as a backup. Yeah. 
So there's still a future for Zach Wilson somewhere. Yeah, I wouldn't be up if he was my backup quarterback. I wouldn't be upset. Oh no, no. no. And, and he can move a little bit, like yeah. like we said. Yeah. You you put him in in maybe in a controlled environment, let him mature a little bit. Um, That's the key. Yeah, maturing. Yeah. And, and 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 maybe forget about the maturing women, uh, aka cougars. He loves oh, the cougars, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, you know the man. Just mature yourself, <laughs> as opposed to that. That's his thing, you know. Yeah, right, I'm not. I don't know what's wrong yeah. with that. Is there anything? I don't wrong understand with that. that. No, there's not. All right, yeah, yeah. nothing wrong with a sugar mama. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> it's just it's just funny that it, it couldn't have happened better for Duval in terms of getting the right guy who has fit in here perfectly. It's now just a matter of getting all, uh, other things fixed, and 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 for him, his part of this, getting him cleaned up mistake-wise because that's one of the things that was an obvious talking point yesterday uh, with Doug Peterson and, and, and Trent Baalke, which we'll get back to a couple of comments about the quarterback and where they can go. Uh, but let's make this the 10-10 take, uh, Denmark, because we're talking Jaguar football. We're talking combine. we got to get to a couple of other storylines that are up there uh, from other NFL teams. But first. Now, Josie's 10-10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmaster since 68. So we were just bragging on Matt's uh, smoke, his accomplishment on the grill. And, and when you do something like that, you're like, heck, yeah. Sonny's does it every day. Every day, the pitmaster, Shannon Snell. Where do you think others. I learned it, man? Yeah, Come I on. mean, they are getting up there, getting it done. So you know how the work we just described, they do it every day. Makes you drop on by and enjoy some great barbecue at any one of your area sunnies, that's for sure. So this hit me a little bit. Doug Peterson mentioned that starting five offensive linemen, the only time they were all together was that last game. Then it was quickly pointed out by one of our Duval Nooners, hey, they lost that game. And then it was pointed out that they only averaged 3.6 yards per carry. And then it was pointed out that it knocked him out of the postseason, so on and so forth. You know what struck me? I went back and looked at all the, all the L's with the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans won six of their last 24 football games. That is it. Six of their last two dozen games in the National Football League and one of them was against your Jacksonville Jaguars to knock them out of the postseason. With everything on the line. With everything on the How much does that suck? That is the 10-10 take because that's got to be fixed. You cannot let that happen again. You go through the L's. They lost six in a row to end 2022, including the loss to the Jags, and then they only won five football games this following season. Six of their last 24. The, uh, I know it's – you better get that straightened out in that locker room because yeah. if not, you could follow down that exact same path. Now, yeah. the difference, of course, is you have a much better quarterback. Right. And you have a better roster, too, than the Titans. But it, I don't care what your roster is and what kind of quarterback you have. If something's wrong in that locker room, mm -hmm. and Leon's been saying over and over, you don't lose games like that. You don't lose, you know, what, five of your last six games when all you need is, like, two wins to get to the playoffs. You don't do that unless there's something wrong in the locker room, right? It's, it's when they lost those games it, that's that's troubling to me, because in no like I keep saying it in November and December that mentally you you you're already your your intensity level ramping up yep. mentally and physically. All right, you, so the fact that in that in that locker room with that those players and that team to see them fester down the stretch lets me know mm -hmm. that there wasn't enough leadership within that locker room to get those guys going, to hold those guys accountable, you know, to put, you know, put, put, get face to face and someone, Hey, this is not going to happen. We're going to write this ship. That, 
there's no way. I see. I I can't I can't fathom it because I was either on good teams that finished strong right. or on bad teams that finished strong. Not not good teams that you know don't make the playoffs. I I've never experienced that whatsoever. You, I, I couldn't be eight and three in Jacksonville or in Pittsburgh, and I'm, I've never been eight and three in Jacksonville, or Pittsburgh, and not make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Never, because we understood that we understood the magnitude of November and December. We knew right then and there it was like a switch. Okay, uh, wh- how however you played mm-hmm. before that time ain't good enough. It's not good enough. You could be having an All Pro season, not good enough because you understand the, how the magnitude of the games and the playoffs, and you've got the right. You got to get yourself mentally and physically prepared. For that stretch. Yeah, I mean, in college football, it's November of the games are remembering. Exactly. NFL, it's December of the games are remembering. That's that's it, mm-hmm. and that's where it's that's where your money is made, right? Yeah, absolutely. Not only as a franchise, but as a player, right? Mm-hmm. Legends are made in the playoffs. Yeah, well, that's le- what legends yeah, are made. legends are made lifting teams to the playoffs and then playoff games. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll go back to Leon's point. How much more? And Josh Allen's already going to make some serious cake, but how much more if? Would he have coming his way if this team didn't deny him another trip to the postseason? I mean, he might have cost himself a couple of million. Because let's say he goes in there against Cleveland, he gets two sacks, two and a half Old sacks. Old man Flacco. Force, force, force fumble, win the game. Yeah. Next game. Flipping Flacco. Yeah, next game. I mean, you, you, all you got to do is make get to the dance. I don't care how your date look. She yeah. can be ugly, but as long as you're dancing. Yeah. And, and so that type of opportunity is there. And if you, mm-hmm. if you, if you miss that, we all know the, the quote, window – of opportunity is only going to be open for so long. And there are a lot of guys that this team needs to figure out financially how they're going to take care of them, Josh Allen being the biggest of them. Uh, We need to get back to at least a couple of comments, but one thing that Mia did say as far as Josh Allen is concerned is that it made it sound like Trent Baalke had already met with Josh Allen's reps up in Indianapolis, and there might be plans to meet one more time before the week is out. But the one thing that she did note, which is worth repeating, is that Josh Allen's camp did not seem too pleased at all when Trent Baalke and that presser at the end of the year made that emphatic statement, Josh will be a Jaguar, and that he said no matter what. Now, I interpreted that as, well, hell yeah, he's not letting him go. He can tag him. But the other side of that, the negotiation – negotiation on the other side is thinking, wait a minute, you're telling me that uh, you're taking what we give you or we'll tag you. Yeah, exactly. He's going to wield his wand Mm -hmm. because he knows he has time. Only, only time, only time this contract is going to be a pressing issue in the Jaguars opinion is when it gets to training camp and Josh Allen's not here, Mm -hmm. but right now they've got all, they got time is on their side. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. And I've been saying this now for a couple of weeks, you got to build goodwill. You've got to build a history of if we tell you to go earn it and mm-hmm. you earn it, we're going to pay you. Because mm-hmm. then you've got players in your locker room that are on money years that realize, all right, if I have a, if I have a year, they're going to pay me. Mm-hmm. I like it here in Jacksonville. My family likes it in Jacksonville. We love the beach. I don't want to go anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why not pay a guy that you said prove it and at least set the tone in your locker room? Especially right. because you have, guess what? Cisco's coming up, Campbell's coming up, Walker Little's coming up. Those are guys that three legit guys where they can develop into something really special as far as the core of the team. Right. Two defensive guys have been starters 100% uh, from their second year on, and the other guy's fighting like heck. He has been valuable to this team, and Walker Little, he just needs to prove he can't can do it ha- The Hang acrimony on. will not work. It's not going to sit well in that locker room. you got to feed the family first. Mm-hmm. 
I believe that's it. his guy. He drafted yeah. them. Yeah, that's exactly. your guy. If Seventh you, overall. Yeah, if yeah. you got to overpay him by two or three million, just do it. Yeah. Well, they're gonna. They still need to manage everything. And backload it, and yeah. then you can get out of it. Yeah. Which they, as long as they give him some of that big upfront money, which is what Leon always brings up, is that yes, you can make them happy, but they also know what's out there. You start taking a look at the top defensive pass rushers, and we'll go through them coming up here in just a second. It is a a, a pretty penny, and he wants to get to the Bosa level as opposed to staying a little bit lower and giving them the, quote, hometown discount. So let's get into that coming up here in just a second. The other thing I want to bring up is that Dennis Dodd's got a good piece, one of Matt Hayes' good buddies in the college football world at CBSSports.com, talking about how they came to get this whole, let's go from 12 to 14 and potentially 16 college football playoff teams as early as 2026. Yes, it's still possible. So let's touch on that as well. Coming up on a Golf Club of Southampton Wednesday. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. Quarterback play last year in Atlanta, I might not be standing here. And they would have the ability to be talking about those things. But right now, if we can focus on some of those things and do some of that, I think that'll give us the best chance to go out there and win a football game. It's a hell of a thing when you hear the new head coach in your NFL town telling you that if that dude would have just played a little bit better, or for that matter, those two quarterbacks would have just played a little bit better, you guys probably would have had more dubs, and I probably wouldn't even be here. That was Raheem Morris, now hired as the Atlanta Falcons' newest head coach, and he was talking about Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke because they kind of stunk up the joint. Truth hurts. He's being honest. You can appreciate that from a coach, right? Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, a lot of them like a dibble and dabble around the, the issues. He just came straight up. Hey, hey well, quarterback, your quarterback play a little better. I wouldn't be here. Yeah. That's true. Facts. And, and it's funny because that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a guy to run the show. Now, well, he's putting. He's not only putting the quarterbacks on those, but everybody else around the quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, they've got. I mean, when you say a statement like that, that means he's, listen. That's a head coach holding someone accountable, a position accountable. But I don't think he's going to end there. Yeah, They got other issues, pressing issues through there that, that, that he's got to hold accountable to as Arthur well. Arthur Smith gets bounced. Raheem mm-hmm. Morris, one of the newest coaching hires. This is his second chance as a head coach, and we'll find out whether it works. Remember, all the talk was Bill Belichick was going to get that job, uh, and as we came to find out during the coaching hiring cycle is that he might have wanted – we don't know this for sure – he might have wanted too much power, and the guys that did have the power up there said, we ain't giving it to him. Uh, and they went and, 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 and instead of hiring the GOAT in Bill Belichick, they hired, uh, you could call him a retread in Raheem Morris because he gets his second chance. It's XL Primetime, Golf Club of Southampton Wednesday. Joe C., Matty Hayes, Big Surce. We got Denmark patrolling for us instead of JJ. We did get an email from JJ uh, mm. from Italy. Uh, mm. about a proposed poker game. Uh, and he was even even from from across the pond telling us how it should go. He texted me, and I said, bro, stop texting. Yeah, I'll deal with it. Just relax. Just relax. Enjoy about, yourself. Like Jacko wants to pay for a dealer. I yeah. mean, who does that? Jacko. Right. Because he's a limousine service we when it comes own, to the we'll poker deal game. deal ourselves. We're, we're yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. so, and maybe just wanted to make sure the rules were followed. I have no idea. Uh, but I, he's worried I, about us cheating him, Joe. I do. I do anticipate conspiracy and scandal uh, coming out of the poker game. Me I can. Too. I can pretty much guarantee you that. All right. So we mentioned Josh Allen uh, getting paid at the tip top, and had he made it to the postseason, who knows? Who knows how much more he would have made? Now there are some guys that are going to make some cake this year. But if you go back heading into this past season, all right, and I'll try and pull up the numbers as far as what's coming up 
this year, but this is from over the cap going into last year. T.J. Watt leading the list at $28 million per year. Uh, the Chargers, Joey Bosa, second at $27 million per season. Miles Garrett, $25 million. Khalil Mack, average salary of $23.5 million. And you got a handful of other guys that, that check in after that. But we all know the price tag is going up coming into 2024, and you have to ask your, yourself the basic question, what is it going to take uh, to make Josh Allen happy? Well, I know you can tag him, but what yeah. is it going to take to make well, him Well, I mean, happy? listen, if I'm Josh Allen's agent, um, I'm asking for 35 mm-hmm. per Per? Per, bro. You 35. Got, you got to. You got. You can't ask for Boza money because if you ask for Boza or, or money, or you're going to get then the Jaguars are going to they're going to lowball you. You got to you got to exceed Boza money. Right. Thirty. But, you well, got to well, be. I mean, you to be, be fair, Boza did it every year. Yeah, but you listen, got a guy who did it once. Well, listen, that old Janet Jackson. You song, go get it. What have you done for me lately? I've done it. I did seventeen and a half. Yeah, you go get it when you can. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. So I see. I look at it differently. I look at it as what seventeen and a half did. That brought him from, you know, like if he had, if he'd had just like eight or nine again, mm-hmm. you know, then he's probably getting fifteen, sixteen million from somebody. Yeah. They're letting him go, and he's getting fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. I think what the seventeen and a half did was brought him up to he he'll probably be able to get twenty five per from them. So Bosa. Yeah, but you got to start high though. You got to. No, gotta, I, oh, I, yeah. I agree with you there. You yeah, start yeah, high, yeah, but yeah. you also have to be realistic about what. No, you no, don't. No, you one's don't paying him, no one's paying him thirty-five. I do love him. Yeah. The agents, ages aren't realistic. Yeah, like, they want like, the no, most. You don't. No, you don't. You don't have to <laughs> yeah, be realistic. They want their five percent. Exactly. Yeah. They want their bread too. Yeah, they want their chunk. Uh, and believe me, that is a gold brick. They're they're uh, uh, peeling off of that one. All right. So here are the numbers. Nick Bosa, twenty-seven years of age. His contract, one hundred and seventy million, averaging thirty-four million a year. That's what he's got right now. He is written up through twenty twenty-nine. Uh, T.J. Watt, next guy, one hundred and twelve million. He's – I was a little surprised. T.J. Watt, 30 years old. I did not realize that. Uh, Joey Bosa, 29 years of age. He's the older of the Bosa brothers. He's averaging $27 million. He got him a $135 million deal. He has that running through the next, uh, it looks like, three seasons. Uh, Miles Garrett, $125 million. Uh, Montez Sweat, $98 million. Rashawn Gary, which this was a little bit of a head-scratcher, $96 million. He's good, but is he great? Uh, and then Khalil Mack, $141 million deal when he got his done. Got a bunch of money up front. Uh, his average per year is $24 million. He had close to thirty-five million guaranteed. And then you go down the line with Max Crosby, Bradley Chubb, Trey Hendrickson, and, and a few of these other guys. So here's a question I, I, you got to ask Josh Allen. Is it more important that you get the per or the guarantee? What's more important to you, the per year or the, or the guaranteed money? Yeah, because, all right, so I'll give you some numbers on that. I, I would say guaranteed. Your answer? Of course, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I mean, so if he gets, let's say he gets, let's say he gets one forty. Mm-hmm. All right. How much of that do you think the, the Jaguars would guarantee of that? Eighty, ninety, a hundred. Uh, if you get to hundred, I think you should be super stoked. stoked. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Here's a number. Bosa, hundred and seventy million, and we're mm-hmm. using this as the top dog. Hundred and seventy million for Nick Bosa. hundred twenty-two point five guarantee. Ooh. Hello. That's a lot of cheese. All right, let, yeah. me, let me just start throwing some numbers out, okay? Nick Bosa. Both these guys have played five years, Nick Bosa and Josh Allen. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's your, that's your barometer. Yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. Believe me, if you're Josh Allen's agent, I don't know how you don't do this, okay? No matter if he had started with 10 and then struggled for three years, then he had a big year. Who cares? 
We're looking at like career total. Number. Both young guys, same age, both ascending. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nick Bosa, fifty-three and a half career sacks. Josh Allen, forty-five career sacks. Nick Bosa, ten career forced fumbles. Josh Allen, nine career forced fumbles. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen, three fumble recoveries. Nick Bosa, three fumble recoveries. Josh Allen, two interceptions. Nick Bosa, one interception. Comp. It's comp a good comp. Is, it's, it's, the comp is very similar. Mm-hmm. Now, you could say that, and that, that's if you're looking just at numbers, you are just a numbers guy. Right. You could say the comps are similar. Clearly, Bosa's the better player. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now, I will say this, and, and I'm being Bosa. honest about this. Josh Allen played as well as Nick Bosa this year. No doubt about it. And there was, but if you're going over the course of the career right. and what you believe in your heart you're going to get year after year, Bosa's the better player. And I'm just going to point out, Balky deserves credit. John Lynch deserves credit. But Nick Bosa, who is a John Lynch guy, but there are other guys that are still there that are Balky, mm-hmm. Balky guys, he has Eric Armstead playing next to him. They went and got Chase yeah, Young. Yes. They have I don't Fred disagree Warner with that. rushing the passer. They have – you just go to the other side uh, with the guys that Well, they're they, better in the secondary, too, yeah, than the Jets. Yeah. yeah. And so he has had a hell of a lot of good. Now, this But if is, you're Josh Allen's agent, oh yeah, how do you not do that? Oh, you better How do you not it. say, look at these numbers? I'm going to give you these numbers. You guys have any questions here? Right, exactly. And then the response from the Jags is, I don't know. I don't know what their response right. is. He's saying, hey, Nicky signed a $170 million contract. I mean, their response clearly will be – Josh hasn't done it consistently. There's right. no doubt that's going to be their response. But those numbers. But those numbers are hard to numbers don't lie, man. Right, and he's only he's eight and a half behind in the total number of sacks. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other ones are all comps. Force fumbles, fumble recovery, interceptions, all so the here, same. So here, uh, this is from over the cap, which is I, someone can educate me on this. But one uh, column says total value. Next is average per year. Next is total guaranteed, and then the next is fully guaranteed. Anyone know the difference between total guaranteed and fully guaranteed? Because I don't. Uh, but it says Nick Bosa has 122.5 total guaranteed, and then in the fully guaranteed column it says $88 million. I don't get that. Maybe that's – the maybe difference that, between the bonus they got up front. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe that was, maybe that was the, the signing bonus. The bonus up bonus front, front and then yeah. what's left. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, that makes sense. So <clears> that would mean he got in that neighborhood of 40 million or close to that mm-hmm. up front, and then you still have the, the total or you still have the fully guaranteed left. Anyway, those are big numbers. There's a big jump between Bosa and T.J. Watt, $34 million average per year, $28 million average per year. So that's the big jump, but it goes back to what you originally said. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have that money up front? Sure. But he lives in California, so they got about 50% of it. They got a lot of they got it. A lot of that it. That is faux show. Yes. Uh, but where do you put him? Because Montez Sweat got the big deal. We know Miles Garrett got the big deal. The way he played this last year, there's no arguing with what he was doing. And then you get a little further down, you're getting Trey Hendrickson, $21 million on average per year. Uh, Max Crosby, 23.5. Bradley Chubb, $22 million. Heck, Vaughn's still getting paid. Vaughn Miller, $20 million, uh, even with that injury. So, yeah, he's expecting to to rake. He really is. That's for sure. All right, XL Primetime. We roll on Dr. George Pari uh, coming in from a conference, okay, where he was one of the um, superstars at the conference. So. Hey, real quick, yeah. before we go to break, yeah. someone asked in the text line. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Allen, 74 career games. Mm-hmm. Nick Bosa, 68. Okay. All right, so that's another good number. Uh, because comparable, but he's but 
clearly he has six more games yeah. than Nick and, Boza. Yeah, and is still less, still productive, less productive in the, right. in the sack department. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the same time, we just have to remind ourselves what good was around Josh, what good was around yeah. Nick Bosa. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. overall. That's not just on that defensive side. That's that team, period. How many games did Josh Allen get to rush the passer when his team had the lead? Versus how many times Nick Bosa got sure, to rush the passer. Sure, you absolutely make that argument. When his yep. team has the yep. lead. So all those metrics are out there that they will get into. That's for sure. It's XL Primetime. We'll head back up to the uh, Indianapolis, uh, uh, the NFL Combine up in Indy uh, in the 2 o'clock hour with Mia rejoining us after all the stuff that's happening up there. She'll give us the latest. Our next guest is not affiliated with the NFL or Jacksonville Jaguars. Discussion of injuries is solely based on opinion. Now, the Bari Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Injury Breakdown. Coming in hot. Gio makes it into the house. Coming in hot. Dr. George Bari, fellowship trained under the renowned Dr. James Andrews and happened to be in the same setting with Dr. Andrews over the weekend. Gio, how are you, man? What's up, man? Uh, normally, you'd sit in the seat that Big Sirs uh, occupies most often, but uh, if you're on YouTube and you're watching the stream right now, it looks like Mia has a beard. No, this is this is where this is where Mia normally would sit, but she's up at the NFL Combine. Geo sitting in that spot. So let, we're going to talk. Big shoes to fill, Geo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to we're going to talk injuries. If you have a sports injury, and it could be anything, joint pain, you're looking at possible surgery, PRP, whatever it might be, from head to toe, you can hit the text line six four one ten ten. Uh, Dr. George Barry can offer up some free medical advice while he is here. So tell us real quick, you went to, and this is like um, an annual event where orthopedic surgeons get together and talk about what best practices, latest innovations technology-wise uh, in the medical field? Yeah, so it's actually a, a course put on by uh, the one of the companies that anyway, it's called the Team Physician Course. A bunch of the team docs from the profession, professional NBA, NFL soccer, Major League Baseball, and right. college sports go and talk about cases that they've had for these athletes. But it's 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 good because um, all the bigwigs talk, right? Like mm-hmm. you have Ella Trosh talking and Andrews talking and all, all the guys that treat all the, the big teams. Uh, they talk about the injuries of their players, and they're always crazy cases that, you know, you probably never see in community practice, but they, right. they see a lot. And just kind of, you know, there's always a panel and then – about questions and how would you fix it? What are the options? What do you think and stuff like that? So it's kind of good to to kind of pick the brain of some of those people. And Maddie, I Neil Alatrash, I call him the Geo of the West. Right. He's 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 the man out there. <laughs> Geo's holding down the Eastern Coast. Yeah. Geo, <laughs> let's let's go down to somebody who I'm we're not sure what coast he's on half yeah. the time. Um. So Aaron Rodgers injures week one yeah. the Achilles. He now has recently, over the last what three weeks, Joe? Two, three weeks. Yeah, about that when he came out and has said kind it was of come all out and said that it was much said. worse than anyone ever said. Yeah. And you know, I did his, I did my best in trying to get back early. And I look at this thing, and he's forty now, right, Joe? Yeah, he's right there. All right, he's either going to be forty yeah, or he's, he's 40. forty. Yeah. Um, that's that's a difficult injury to come back from. Number one. Yes. And now you're talking about a guy who's forty. Um, I'm not sure he's going to be ready for the season open. What are your thoughts? What on? is that? Uh, sep- first August, week of September. September. Yeah. First week. I mean, at that point, he's it'll be eight months, nine no, months. It'll be a full year. Full year. Oh yeah, because he heard the yeah. 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 I mean, I think if you would you would think someone who was com- saying that he was going to come back in three months would be ready in a year. Yeah, but he admitted that that was you know 
you know, a little. A, a what, year. Is, what does Dave Campos say? Hubbly bubbly talk. Yeah, hubbly bubbly. Yeah. Well, he was mm. on the hallucinogenics. There's no yeah. question. I mean, I, I think a year is very reasonable to come back, uh, especially in these athletes. Now, granted, he's 40, um, comp- which is old compared to other NFL athletes, right? It's not old in real life, but for the for the NFL, it's old. But you know, he he's getting the best treatment. I mean, he talked about the stem cells and PRP and this and that and therapy every single day, eight hours a day. So if there's anybody that's going to come back in a year, it's going to be one of these guys. Now, if he can't come back, I think that's going to be a bad omen for him uh, because a year is a long time. Yeah. Right? A year is a very long time, especially with the stuff that he's had treatment-wise. If he can't come back in a year, then he's, I mean, for and all you, intents and purposes, probably done. Right, and you've seen this before. That's what my next question was. You've seen it where guys just, they don't come back from the yes, Achilles, right? It just doesn't come back. The strength is not there. The explosiveness is not there, and there's nothing anyone did incorrectly. Therapy went fine. Surgery went fine. It just doesn't come back like it used to. Like any injury, there's no guarantee you're going to be like you were before. Mm. And that's just the way it goes. Mm. So, Gio, you've got Kirk Cousins who, who tore the same thing, his Achilles, in Halloween of last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Halloween of last year. So, I mean, he's going to be a free agent. I mean, what's the likelihood of him getting someone signing him, anticipating him probably – Showing up what week eight, yeah. week ten? I, mean, I don't know how. how well, old he's is... got videos out there right now. Yeah, he, he is. <laughs> I, it's weird. He was up in a tennis mm-hmm. court, Geo, and maybe one other setting, and basically he's dropping back in tennis shoes, driving the football. So it's basically been, if it was Halloween, basically been what four months? Yeah, yeah. He's like doing like plyometric moves. Yeah, man. and he's thirty-five. I was just looking mm-hmm. up his right. age. So mm-hmm. you know, we talk about Achilles usually about a six-month treatment to. Until he can start coming back, and he's almost there. He's four months. I'm sure he's gotten the same treatment as Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. right? Besides probably the mushrooms, but other than that, <laughs> it's all probably the same. And at four months, he's doing pretty good on the videos that he shows. But I think we all know sometimes these videos are deceiving, right? And they're I mean, done because he's a free agent, <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. True. And so anyone that's going to pick him up is going to take a risk, and I think it's a calculated risk that they know either he's going to come back in the middle of the season. And if he does come back, how good is he going to be? Right. Who knows? It's anyone's guess. So it's got to be somebody who I think is probably pretty desperate and, and just willing to roll the dice. And, now, and now I happens. know you say all injuries are different, all, the, all of them heal differently, but if you're talking about a guy that's 35 as opposed to Aaron Rodgers at 40, that's a big difference along the scale of healing, right? Yeah, I mean, five years, I mean, a 35-year-old is definitely younger than a four-year-old, and, and any time you're younger, it definitely helps you, right? It just biologically, it helps you. Uh, but – you know, it's anyone picking him up is going to take a risk, All right, especially six, this early, not knowing how he really looks. He's only four months right. out. Right, exactly. Six four one ten ten. You guys can the text line if you have a sports injury question. Geo is here, free medical advice. And then if we miss it today, we'll make sure it's on Breaking Bones Sunday morning at seven thirty. Now you were at this conference where all these dignitaries in the medical world were there when you approached the DS to get up there and talk. Did, was there a court <laughs> storming uh, that took place? Did anyone like storm Gio. the court in anticipation I, of you I, getting up there? I did not speak. Okay, you did, did not. Okay. Not All right. Well, again, my facts are a, a little gray right right now, but so no one went Kyle Filipowski no. on you is what you're no. saying. You did not no. get run over. No. By all the fans. No one, no one was amazed when they saw my name. <laughs> okay. All right. So you saw the video, the court storming. Now, Matt, and, and of course, Leon knows this. Matt has been preaching uh, doom with the court storming. Not doom uh, reality. Where, where shivs are going to be fashioned and, and all this kind of stuff. Bottom line is, this guy gets trucked by a bunch of demon deacons. 
uh, the devils that they are. Uh, and they did look blinded, man. They just ran right right over him. Yeah. And then someone blinded said, stupidity. did he did he put his foot out there? Was he trying to tr- – anyway, knee gets twisted. What did you think when you saw that bad boy? Well, at first it, someone mentioned it looked – or I think the coach said it looked intentional. I saw it. It didn't look any intentional to me. Really? It was just like one of those things where – I mean, at least in my opinion. But it looked like they knocked knees, right? And yeah. I don't think anything has come out of him having a bad – like a major injury as in a tear. Right. So it seems like it's probably just a bone contusion. And I know they mentioned that he may be coming He's back to play. Time. Right. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it's a bone contusion, and it's one of those things to see how he feels. If he can come back and play, he can play. I think if there was a real injury, the he wouldn't be questionable to play. It would be out there saying he has X, Y, Z. and that's He definitely on. needed help off the court, though. I mean, he oh, yeah, I mean, oh, my gosh, yes. It, it hurts to get a – you know, banging knees running full speed does not feel fun. Right. right? It definitely hurts. and. Probably has a, a nice bone contusion. Plus, if you're it. not expecting it, exactly right. He's lucky it wasn't from the side, right? right. Then it's oh, then he could have bent his knee, right? Could have had a little valgus or varus force, mm-hmm. right? Which could have led to something much more Correct. significant, which is another reason why you stay off the court. I'm all for court storming, but uh, they did look a little maniacal the other, the other. Like now, we may need to really start taking a good it hard like look. Like they at were this. storming Yorktown. Are oh you my kidding God. me? Yeah, it, they were. No, they were storming a gaming convention. Is what they were With doing. Their, with their cell phones, not their oh, yeah. bayonets in the air. Yeah, exactly. All right, now we're going to get more medically out of the combine probably in the next couple of weeks. And so what we will hear, Gio, and you have explained this before, is that all the medical team, they can only have so much time with these players. So they got to put them through the physicals. Well, anyway, Mia said earlier today that the schedule to hear from the players was backed up. He said She said that she thought it was basically the backup for the medicals because it was just taking a little longer. So I got one guy. How much do they find out about players when they go through the medicals? How much is revealed, or do they truly Well, find the out? idea is you're supposed to find out everything, right? Because if a team is going to take a chance on you, they want you to find out everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the exact process on if a player can hide anything. I think it's probably tough. And the only way you could probably hide it is if you don't get any imaging and you mm-hmm. downplay how much something hurts. But okay. if you have imaging, they're going to find it and, and look at it and see what it looks like. Do you remember? Well, yeah, I remember because going into my senior year, I had I, I had a hairline fracture in my thumb. Mm-hmm. And I had to play the first couple of weeks with a cast. Because so, so, if I had that in surgery, I would have missed the whole season. So I played with a cast. With a, so when I get to the combine, they had all that information there. And when I tell you, they pulled and tugged at my thumb and really? had me squeeze and all this other kind of stuff to make sure it was – you know, functioning and all that other kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Now, all that didn't matter because I still lied about it. Uh, the, the bench press to keep for bench press. <laughs> so they. Why did you lie? Because the big Simone before you the threw Simone it up how many threw times? Thirty nine times. <laughs> <laughs> it was self preservation at that point. Absolutely. He's like, I ain't gonna look very strong against that that Pacific American, the Samoan, as strong as he is. Oh, that's for sure. Now, one guy shows up, and it's Johnny Newton. Okay. And it's uh, Illinois defensive tackle, and he has the Jones avulsion fracture in his foot. So he had surgery. Bef- I think it's uh, surgery in January. Won't be mm-hmm. recovered until some point in this offseason. How yeah. damning or how tough is that? Um, it's not a problem. People usually come back very well. The only problem with them is they have a tendency to get a non-union where they don't heal. So you have to keep an eye on it. And that's going to be his biggest thing is they're probably going to keep an eye on this on this fracture with x-rays to make sure it heals. Right. Because these fractures love not healing for whatever reason. And they end up with a 
the bone stimulator, et cetera. Uh, so that as long as it heals, people do usually very well with it. Uh, you just got to keep an eye on it, make sure it heals. Gio, I got one for you. Buddy of mine um, had pain in his foot, you know, ankle area. Was like significant limp. Got better. Walking around, no problem. Decided to go up steps a couple times, and then I'm so soft. And then he's hurt again. Can barely walk. He's yeah. limping again. Yeah. Cut it off. Cut it <laughs> off. I listen. I'm thinking about that. I am thinking about. I almost had to go back to the cane uh, in TLD. The lovely Diane wants to order me the, the 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 man scooter again to where I'm scooting around. You guys all laughed at me. Yeah, I oh. know you went through pain, but I don't know what happened. And and I'm going. Uh, I'm, I you were doing my, good. Yeah, I was looking good. And then going up and down the stairs apparently stretches those peroneal tendons or that fat pad in the back, and uh, I, I got another problem again. And I am going to my man rebound rehab tomorrow, and, and so I'm. It's just I'm just hoping. Uh, that I'll get better. All right, now, we've got a couple questions off the text line. We'll make sure we get them on Breaking Bones. That is Sunday morning at 7.30. Gio, if they want to check out any of our podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, or 1010XL. Yep, make sure you go and check that out. And don't forget Bari Orthopedics. They can see you fairly quickly if you have any of these pain concerns, joint pain, whatever. Just make an appointment, and you can head on in and say hello to our man, Dr. George Bari. Thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. All right, so Bari Orthopedics is where he resides. Big Surce resides with us until 2 o'clock and heading out. But like you said, with the physical, they they checked everything on you. Well, they have your complete history from your freshman year to however long you played. I mean, they know the, they know the totality of your ankle sprains, stingers, shoulders, back, everything. Wait, so did when, they pull on the thumb before you were before you're in the bench press line or after? Before, okay. Probably the reason why I couldn't do it because they were tugging and had me squeezing this and that, and because like, they want to make sure that you know, because they they already had all my history. They had all my history. I mean, from my freshman year, I mean, ankle twists, stingers, all that kind of stuff. Were the stuff. Cowboy Doctors part of that group that was pulling on you? I your don't thumb? know who it was, but it was too many people. <laughs> because Jimmy, Jimmy, the, the I mean, they, story is what, Jimmy? Oh, yeah, Jimmy knew I was lying. Of course, he knew. <laughs> I, I thought he knew he was lying. I, I was lying because he recruited me. He had history with me. I, he might have had the reports with him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Big Sir, so you are heading out. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. All right. All right, so he is done. We uh, will roll on. We'll go back up to Indianapolis to start our 2 o'clock hour uh, because there are players that are coming out. They're going through all those medicals, like we said, interviews, and you're going to see either you know whatever position groups that are going to come rolling through there, uh, defensive linemen, offensive linemen, secondary, running backs, receivers, the whole deal uh, over the next couple of days. So we will do that coming up in just a bit as we get ready for the 2 o'clock hour. Golf Club of Southampton bringing you Wednesday's show. And don't forget the 9 after 5. We'll be back on Wednesdays before you know it, right after the players. We will crank it back up. That's when we slide the clocks back and we get that extra daylight uh, in the afternoon. So 9 after 5, beginning in March at the Golf Club of Southampton. This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. Two o'clock hour is here. We are cranking it out. We will head back up in Salo to Mia coming up in just a bit just to get an idea of what the latest is. Uh, and definitely, we're, and she's saying that they're trying to line up one of these prospects. And so if they can get that, they're going to definitely take care of that. But in the two o'clock hour, we'll make sure that we – uh, get with her and, you know, kind of get the latest as far as what's going on up there because these players, uh, as we were just describing, you get pushed back schedule-wise. You're trying yeah, to figure out exactly what's going on. and It's a nightmare. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. worse than media day. So I want to circle back real quick to the NFLPA 
survey. Um, give you the overall the overall grades for the entire Jaguars. Yeah, NFL PA right? they send out little questionnaires and players come back with their votes on their all teams. the players vote. Okay, on the team and there's a few different categories there's as some, far as so the teams go. Treatment of families is the lowest. That was a D minus, and it was out of the 32 teams, it was 24th. Food in the cafeteria, 14th, B minus. Nutritionist dietitian was a B, 15th in the league. So those are both around middle of the road. Locker room, A minus, 6th in the league. Training room, A minus, 3rd in the league. Training staff, B plus, 8th in the league. Weight room, A, 4th in the league. Strength coaches, B plus, 21st in the league. And that was a B plus? B plus, 21st. Oh. 21st in the league, the overall rate, okay? Mm-hmm. Team travel was B, fifth in the league. And here's the interesting one. Head coach, though it was A minus, mm-hmm. the overall 19th of 32 coaches in the NFL. Okay, now I'm sitting here, I'm trying to calculate this. I don't see as many I only see a handful of A's. So how are they that far down? I'm not getting that. There's, there had to have been. So his grade was A minus. Yeah. The average. Right. My guess is there were on other teams there were higher grade. There were more A grades. You know what I mean? Among mm-hmm. the 53, there were more guys grading their guy A. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'm just looking here real quick. And, and again, these are NFL PA grades. Players uh, talking about their teams uh, <laughs> as it was related back to the Players Association. Uh, the Miami Dolphins got A's across the board uh, in all of their areas, uh, including uh, the treatment of the families, the food, the cafeteria, the nutrition, the locker room. And then I'm just looking to see if I can find the actual coach uh, for them. Do you have the grade? Uh, I do for not. The- not for the Dolphins, no. No, not for the Dolphins? Okay. No. So, anyway, I'm just looking to see. I, it is interesting if they did grade that far down in terms of the overall Maybe it has something to do with feelings, Joe. Yeah. Well, yeah, it might have also had something to do with – is that a grade just for the head coach? Yeah. Or is it a grade for the coaching staff? That's what I was curious about. Head coach, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the category says head coach. Okay, yeah. And so it may come down to, hey, uh, is the head coach doing everything we need to do to win? Uh, Is he doing what we like? Uh, Or is he pressing us and pushing us too much? All those things can can definitely come into play. Yeah, I I mean, it's – look – I think it's also winning, and and you're you're talking about a survey that more than likely was after the season, so there's still raw feelings there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm and I'm sure the players certainly blame themselves. They also I'm sure blame the coaching staff too. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I I don't you know and again we have no idea what went on in that defensive side of, of the office of the room, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, in those defensive meeting rooms. Um, and and maybe the players had raised concerns about that defensive staff, and they didn't think it was. I don't know. The best best way to say it would be they didn't think they were listened to. Yeah, it could be something being, simple as that too. Yeah, it wasn't being handled because um, apparently there was a lot of dysfunction going on in that defensive side of the room. Yeah, and some finger pointing, as as I've told you guys, uh, uh, back and forth between offense and defense. Uh, one texter off the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosure, says Josh McDaniel scored the lowest in all the head coaches. He got a D, and I don't I don't doubt it. Uh, because the change was made there. It was made rather abruptly. Uh, And it's funny because if you take a look at some of the other grades for the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, and this has everything to do with maybe the attitude that Antonio Pierce brought in or established in the building after Josh McDaniels was out of there, 
uh, because they're getting a lot of love in a lot of other areas. Now, they didn't have a very good football team. They responded late, got Antonio Pierce hired, uh, but overall, just as far as the football team, they were not that good. Right. Um, I, I think it has a lot to do, again, with the season because I think we didn't get these detailed grades last year. Mm-hmm. And I think if we got these detailed grades last year, after the season the Jags had, mm-hmm. I think that head coach would have been an A again, probably an A instead of A minus, and he probably would have been in the top ten. Yeah, probably. Uh, Vegas across the board, C plus, B plus, A, A minus, B plus, B, A plus. And, mm-hmm. and then I, I don't know how they hybrid the grade for the coach uh, from – from a D for Josh McDaniels to whatever they gave Antonio Pierce. My guess is they gave Antonio Pierce quite a good grade. I, uh, I, I will say that, you know, their grades are all Bs, but if you look at, like, strength coaches, 21st of 32 in the league. Mm-hmm. Nutrition and, and dietitian, 15th in the league. Um, but then you look at, like, strength coaches, 21st, right? Mm-hmm. Training room, third. Training staff, eighth. It's a little weird. Yeah. There's there's something going on there. Right. There's definitely something going on there. And and there everyone's trying to figure out the magic recipe to fix the thing that 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 went wrong this year and I still believe it's it's a, a number of different things add up to a big problem. And it could not just be one thing, one thing may be bigger than a few others, but honestly, if you have problems in a lot of different areas, those little rocks become a big rock, do they not? Yeah, well, if you're if you feel like your training room is third best in the league, and and your locker room is sixth best in the league, mm-hmm. that's a far far fall to strength coaches twenty first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, it's it's a far fall nutrition and dietitian to fifteenth. I, I I hate to quote Trent Baalke here, but he said we need to get bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, and they were, it sounded to me like I've never heard, at least I can't remember, a general manager spending an offseason saying we need to get bigger, faster, stronger. That's usually for the head coach that's taking over it's also a college. program. It's like it's, college. It's so college Yeah. It's just a constant refrain from a head coach getting a new gig in college. We need to get bigger, faster, stronger. Right. The NFL, you got the tip You're top. You're there, right. Yeah. You got the tip top. And so I, I laughed when I heard it, and yet, at the same time, maybe something is being said with those grades because the only evidence any Duval Nooner out there has right now is what they saw on the football field, and this team got beaten up. And I keep saying it because that's what happened. They got physically pushed around five of their last six games. First and goal from the seven, 28-20. Yeah. yeah. Your season's on the line. Yeah. You can't get in the end zone. Yeah, the only team that didn't push them around. I don't know what to say, man. Yeah. Against a terrible team is yeah. The only team that didn't push them around is the team that had the worst record the, in wor- the national. By far, the worst team yeah. in the league. Yeah, the Carolina Panthers. And so even and I put I I gave you the stat earlier. The Tennessee Titans got in the win column for just the sixth time in twenty four games by beating <laughs> your Jaguars. They have six wins in two dozen games. And they beat a team trying to get to the postseason here in Duval, and they didn't get it done. That's I, I and, and I know we keep harping on this, but man, you're talking about a playoff spot on the line. Yeah, that was a phenomenally bad loss. Yeah, as big a game as this franchise has had in as, its existence, as bad a loss maybe as this franchise yeah. has had. And you had you had just gotten over the hump. This football team up in Nashville had not won a game 
on the road against the Titans since 2013. Right. They ended that in 2023. They went up and With met their a, ass. Yeah, yeah. Beat beat them good. Yeah. And they went up there and met a five win team they couldn't beat this year. They had a chance to double up against the Titans, sweep yeah. them in the for the season, and go back to back trips up to Nashville and beat them and could not get it done because of as Leon has repeated all that dysfunction that was coming from a, a number of different areas right. in and that, that locker room. And that circles right back to what I've been saying now. You got to pay this guy mm-hmm. because you've got to get something to change that momentum in the locker room, man. You've got to get, you've got to avoid that acrimony that's going to be there. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you told the guy to go out and prove it. He proved it. You got to pay him. Simple as that. All right. Let us know what you're thinking. Six four one ten ten. The big topics coming out of the combine are Trent Baalke meeting with Josh Allen's team, meaning his agent, his representation, and Calvin Ridley's team this week. What's going to get done? What's the latest there? You guys can let us know how you think it's going to play out. And then the other part of it, the big talking point, is trying to make sure that they figure out offensively what they aren't doing well. And that definitely includes, at least in our estimation, Doug Peterson taking over the play calling by the time we get to the beginning of next season. Uh, You can keep Press Taylor by title alone as your offensive coordinator. He still may have a hell of a lot to do when it comes to putting this offense together. Not, not saying he won't. I'm just simply saying Doug Peterson needs to have that Waffle House smothered and covered play sheet in his mitts, sideline, calling plays. He doesn't just need to hold on to it and listen to what's going on. He needs to call them. And the personnel needs to be better or you wouldn't be calling plays like a toss when you're at the goal line Fourth and one. Here's another thing, too, and I think people have to understand this about play calling is, you know, Doug said he was part of the play calling this past year. You know, it was collaborative. I'm sure a lot of that was, hey, I think we need to run the ball more here. Hey, let's look for this inside the 30. Press is still making the calls. And here's the, even the more important thing. Press is making the previous four and five calls. Yeah. Play calling is about setting up plays. You better believe it's it. About, it's about knowing what you're going to go with three steps ahead of what the other guy's doing. That's what makes great play callers is they set up other plays. And if he's sitting there, you know, every game last year and he's just, you know, nudging press saying, let's try this, let's try that, let's try this. Right. I think it's a number of things. It's you're taking away from the 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 flow and the idea that Press Taylor has, number one. And number two, you feel like that flow is not there. Exactly. All right, let's get Doug Peterson, Denmark, uh, from that media scrum up there at the Combine when he was talking about the idea of taking over the play calling because this is going to be a decision that he's going to have to make. And the way he answered the question is that he's going to take his time. Like we said, he is not going to submarine his offensive coordinator, his friend. Right. Yeah, publicly. He's not going to do that to Press Taylor. But at the same time, he's got to know his job is on the line. Here's what he had to say about the idea of taking it over. I think those are things that that I need to, you know, uh, consider, you know, uh, this offseason, this spring. Um, You know, there were things out of my control that I had to deal with more, you know, the last last year. Um, It takes you away from from some of that stuff, and I'm not going to get into those. But, you know, so, yeah, it's something that I have to – it's part of the evaluation process, and I have to evaluate – you know, myself and, and impress as, as decision makers and play callers and, and see what's best for our team. Okay, so 
let me let me translate for you. There were some things I had to deal with, but I'm not going to get into those. It's the defense. It's it's the he other was side of the ball. Spending time with the defense. Yeah. Trying to figure out what the hell was going on there, and he lost focus on the offense, or he thought Press could be what he thought he could be, mm-hmm. and Press Taylor ended up not being what he thought he could be. Yeah. So I mean, there's again. There's many reasons why they tanked from eight and three. There's no doubt about that. Um, and you can say the defense is the main culprit, and that's I, I wouldn't argue with it. All I'm telling you is when you've got injuries, you've got your quarterback with three different little nagging injuries, your defense has no idea what the hell they're doing from game to game. Mm-hmm. That's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, absolute disaster. Then that all that happens, and then then the locker room at some point, there's no confidence in there. Everybody's bickering. They don't know why they can't win. I remember one point, Evan Ingham was like, you know, you know, we're doing everything we should be doing. Right. We're not winning a game. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's there's you get to the point there where it's now it then becomes your personality, and that's what happened. Yeah. The last six weeks of the season, that was their personality. Yeah. Personality before that was Yeah. We could make a play. Personality yeah. now was full of doubt. That's really what it was. All right. So we'll head back up to Indianapolis. Say hello to Mia coming up in just a few on a golf club of Southampton Wednesday. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Heading back up to Indianapolis, the 2 o'clock hour, 2.20 on a golf club of Southampton Wednesday. Joe C., Matt Hayes, and Denmark hanging out here uh, in Duval. And now up to Indy we go with Mia O'Brien as she's been up there, uh, boots on the ground, covering all things uh, NFL Combine. Mia, uh, what's the latest? What do we got? Yeah, so we finally heard from Texas defensive tackle Devondre Sweat, who was a uh, – I don't want to say he was a no-show in the earlier session because he, in fact, apparently needed more medical testing. Um, from what I heard, he had to have an additional MRI that was off-site, um, which is curious because, you know, the whole reason for coming to Indianapolis is they have some of the best doctors in the world here and all of the – materials and resources you could possibly need are here on site but hey that's all good um undisclosed what exactly the mri or whatever additional testing was as we as many of us know tavondre sweat uh declined weighing in at the senior bowl (laughs) he was listed at the university of texas this past season as weighing 365 a lot of people at the senior bowl in mobile back in january said he looked to be about 400 pounds i just saw him now in front of me about three feet in front of me he's obviously a bigger guy i mean think jordan davis for you georgia fans out there Mm. um i would almost say a little bit slimmer than jordan but he was late but he, we, they saved the, la- the best for last, boys. Uh, he was as entertaining as any athlete we spoke to today. Um, you know, I asked him, you know, had he weighed in yet? And he says, no, I'm waiting tomorrow, you know. And he goes, before anyone asks, I'm doing everything. I'm running the 40. I'm doing all the events. And your eyes are about to do, and he does the googly eyes, when you see what I'm going to do tomorrow at the NFL Combine. Good for, good for Trevondre. Seriously. You know what? He, he's he's a guy that I think a lot has been made about his weight. Um, you watch his tape in college; he was productive. And and again, I, you, he clearly has a weight issue. If he can get that under control, consistently under control, I think he can be a really good player in the league. He he's a guy out there that uh, he was very disruptive at Texas. I can tell you that right now. 
Yeah, he uh, he credited the nutritionist at the University of Texas for helping him um, manage his weight, which he played at a peak of 365, or at least, again, that's what the university listed him at. Um, and so it'll be curious because he has to step on the scale tomorrow. There's no declining it. Um, and it, how he approaches it, was one of like the more like heartwarming things I've seen so far in, you know, 24 hours here at the NFL combine. Um, you know, he's stressed. He's like, this is my frame. This is who I am. And obviously I was pretty successful as you noted, Matt, at the college level. And so he expects to have similar success at the NFL level. He's, right, so, like he's not big Des Watson. Who's six, four, like four, what? 24, 40, somewhere around there. Think about that. But well, think that. Like, yeah. You think take, that though. Yeah. You could take seven sweats before you get to Des. Okay. I mean, that is a big, big, big human being. Uh, even though sweat is, is, is a, is a, is a big man as well. All right. So Geronda, he's six, four like that. Yeah. So this same size height yeah. wise. And, and, and I, I didn't get to ask him if I didn't get to ask him if he specifically met with the Jaguars, but he said he has met in some form or fashion with all 32 teams. And so a lot of people believe he's no longer a first round pick because of those questions surrounding the weight and also the value of that nose tackle position in the NFL draft. But, uh, you know, if you're looking for a guy who's going to stop the run and who's going to plug yeah. a hole, yes. uh, look no further. Yes, that's a big dude, a big athletic dude. Yeah, and I think also it, his nickname is uh his nickname is Meatloaf, and he gave us the explanation nice. for why his nickname is uh, Meatloaf. Um, the the woman who is not his biological mother, but who he grew up with, and he refers to as his mother. Mm. Apparently, he was playing a basketball game as like a you know he was a kid, and she started saying, "Let's go loaf." And he said, I kind of like that, and that is how he became known as Loaf or Meatloaf, which is. <laughs> Fascinating. I'm telling you, it was honestly the, the best press conference we've had in a day here. He was as entertaining as it came. Um, I have a clip of it that I just posted on the Tencent XL social channels. Uh, if you search the internet, you'll find even more. Um, he was hilarious. It was awesome. If you can get Kool-Aid and meatloaf on your football team, along with sunshine on the other side, yeah, I'd be all about it. That'd, that'd be a daily special somewhere, that's for sure. You can get both of them like in yes. later rounds, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. okay with getting Kool-Aid. And yeah, Kool-Aid well, might drop the second again, round. Kool-Aid's being mocked up there uh, as far as one of the top cornerbacks. He definitely is being he mocked might, up I've there. seen him drop to the second already. So, yeah, I mean, both those guys may be available in the second or third round. Well, Sweat definitely, but Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid's like probably a top 50 pick, I would think. I can't help but feel like there's going to be some sort of run on corners, though. Mm-hmm. Like, Kind of like our conversation in the 12 o'clock hour about, like, could Brock Bowers be there? Could Jared Verse be there at 17? And like I, I said, as much as, you know, Hayes Carlion commented that he thinks the sweet spot for Verse is probably somewhere between 8 and 15. Um, if there's a run on quarterbacks, if there's a run on tackles and corners, because it appears, at least from mock drafts and from what I've seen, in, again, we're, we've only been here for a day plus, um, it, it sounds like those are the picks that everybody, all 32 teams, are at least keeping an eye on. Not to, for, not to forget, you know, those top three wide receivers who many at the NFL Network have graded out as the top three overall players in the draft class. I mean, the numbers game may afford the opportunity for a Tavondre Sweat, a Kool-Aid McKinstry to fall to the second, third round, and perhaps a Bowers, a Verse to fall later in the first round to the Jags at 17 or beyond. All right, you mentioned Jared Verse, and I'm just kind of combing the uh, ACC and the SEC uh, numbers of invites. As a matter of fact, uh, eight LSU Tigers, uh, eight Missouri Tigers, a half dozen Auburn Tigers. I'm still trying to find where Billy Nopier's uh, six, seven, or eight uh, are, are headed up there to uh, to the combine. Have you have you 
have you spotted a single gator up there? Um, technically, wasn't Tyron Hopper once a Florida Gator, right? He was. The Mizzou linebacker. Yeah. 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 Okay. So there we go. He was here today. Um, he didn't so think he could play, we'll though. check him off. We'll check him off the list. Um, honorary Florida Gator. Uh, aside from him, we know that Ricky Pearsall will be here le- later in the week. Hey, there's a lot of people saying he could creep into a day two, day one pick. And then Kingsley Guac in the Jacksonville product out of yes. Sandalwood High School will be here Saturday. Unfortunately, our coverage live from Indianapolis ends Friday, um, so we won't get the chance possibly to talk to Kingsley unless he arrives a little bit earlier. Um, but we do expect to get Ricky Pearsall on Friday. Uh, and, hey, a local guy who uh, – Billy Nopier also said wasn't good enough. Uh, Austin Reed will also be here among the quarterbacks on Friday. Yeah, because Denny's traveling today, and I think Austin was getting there yesterday, former Yellow Jacket uh, of St. Augustine High fame, and he's going to do everything, just like we talked about earlier, about right. Sweat doing everything. Uh, that's real important for a guy like that. He needs to turn heads. And, and we were joking, Mia, earlier with the comp of him to Brock Purdy, and he's got to – if he goes in there – and the NFL is wired where I think the number we threw out earlier this week is basically two-thirds of the passes are nine air yards or less. If you have accuracy and aptitude and you can move around and you can make the throws, those types of throws, you've got a chance to make an NFL roster. Yeah, and with how much tape, and I know we commented on this with Denny on Monday, with how much tape Austin has out there, the fact that he was the apple of a lot of Power 5 programs' eye during the transfer portal um, uh time span last summer before he opted to return to Western Kentucky for a sixth year. Um, you know, it's not like teams didn't do their homework on him when he was potentially going to be going to the high major level. I would think there were teams that were noting the fact that he led the nation in passing yards two years ago, and they've kind of bookmarked that and said, you know what, yeah, maybe the surrounding cast around him wasn't all that good in year number two in Western Kentucky, but we saw what he can do when he's armed with, you know, a full range of weapons and good protection up front, too. All right, so a, a guy that I think will I think will be there seventeen. Um, he might be it might be overdrafting by about five or six spots. Have you seen Chris Jenkins from Michigan, the defensive tackle? Yes. What does he look yep. like? He spoke with reporters. He had a, a quite a quite a following standing assembled in front of him. He I mean he's not Devondre Sweat. Um, as I'm like envisioning. No, but he's the, nickname the is the mutant. By the way, with. the mutant. The right, mutant. exactly. Right. He's a big dude though. Like he's not Devondre Sweat, a but he's a still he's a big dude. He looks. I don't want to say round because that sound that's mean you know it's a negative connotation to it but he's a big dude and the fact that he has inside outside versatility that I'm not really sure um, anybody has really tapped to the full potential yet I think that's really exciting Um, most of his questions unfortunately regarded his father and connections to various NFL markets and coaching staffs that you know his father may have had that maybe he could connect to Um, but no I mean and also of course the 18 Michigan players here shout out to Jim Harbaugh he's not even here uh, in the in this area right now that I'm sitting in and he's the talk of the town either way and so yeah it's um it, it, it I think Jenkins is a guy that it will be fascinating to see what the mock drafts say versus what actually happens in April because if you again the best ability is availability and if you can do a little bit of everything and have a championship pedigree and are going to test off the charts I think that moves you to the second round or early third don't you Quite possible. I, I would think a guy. I would think he's gonna kill it at the combine. He is literally a physical freak. Mm-hmm. Um, he can run. He can jump. I, I mean, his broad jump, all that stuff. He's gonna kill it there. That's why I'm. I'm wondering if you guys have heard any test results or anything on him. No, all the testing will be tomorrow. To the point that I was actually the one that asked Tavondre Sweat, like, "Hey, did you weigh in yet?" And he goes, "Nope." 
tomorrow. All that's tomorrow. Medicals come first. So uh, is Zach haven't heard there? anything yet. Is Zach Zinner there? Uh, no? He will be here Saturday. He will be here Saturday for interviews. Again, unfortunately, the offensive linemen are doing availability Saturday, and then their on-field testing will be Sunday. That's yeah, it. you want to talk about a guard? And I, I know he broke his leg against Ohio State, but that dude's a guard. Oh right? yeah, that's yeah, a big yeah. nasty. When they dude. lost him, they yeah they lost him. Uh, Braden Fisk is another guy that Florida State has. It's an interior lineman uh, that I'm sure we'll hear a little bit about. Uh, there's, I think, a dozen from FSU that are up there. All right, Mia, so just set us up real quick before you go, uh, what everyone can find uh, via the social channels. Yeah, well, good segue there, Joe. I just uploaded Braden Fisk's interview with good. us. Uh, that is live on 1010XL's YouTube channel, so you could check that out. Personally, as much as I think he's a high motor, you turn the tape on and you can't deny his talent type of product. Um, I have concerns because of the arm length, although look, if you can play, you can play. I, I also believe that, but knowing how Trent Bulky scouts and drafts, I have concerns that he would be a potential landing spot for the Jaguars. But it was a great interview. Um, the former Western, Western Michigan defensive lineman turned Florida State Seminole. He, his interview is now on our 1010XL YouTube channels, as is our full-length interview with Jared Verse, so you can check that out as well. We also are going to be having the Voices of the AF, AFC South podcast go live on our podcast network as well as our youtube channel as soon as i edit it which thank you to the wonderful folks at the indiana convention center and more importantly hayes carlion for getting to the bottom of why my wi-fi was not working today apparently there were two passwords yesterday there's only one today um and i was the one person of the thousands of media here still trying the old password so all is well we're going to have a whole lot more coming on the 1010xl social channels and also on the frangie show and the sponsors up there let's give them a quick thank you because they definitely are yes making it happen. Our thanks to Hodges Mazda of the Avenues and, of course, Window World of Northeast Florida for all that they have done for making this possible. And, uh, you know, my thanks to Arlington Toyota. And I know Hayes thanks Roland Reach Plumbing. We'll have our instant reactions daily as well. Uh, but, again, our big coverage sponsor, the Combine in Indianapolis, our thanks to Hodges Mazda of the Avenues and Window World of Northeast Florida. All right, Mia, thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, boys. All right, so she'll keep it rocking and rolling. See, I love Braden Fisk. I think Braden Fisk I, is, honestly, is the type of guy, is the type of tough, um, great motor, um, high enthusiasm type of guy that they need. Well, it, He's it, a little undersized, right. okay? He's probably about 295, so it's going to be difficult for him to, you know, that'll be part of the problem in the interior in the NFL. But, but you, you, man, that dude, it, he goes. Yeah, and that's why I like him. You know what he might be? He might be that the defensive side – uh, version of Cooper Hodges. Yeah, I mean, he he was he looked like he was on some plays at the Senior Bowl, like he was a little bit overwhelmed. Yeah, but he also at the Senior Bowl, you could clearly tell he's cat quick, man. Yeah, fast. Yes, fast. Yes, and, and it, like I said, like I said, one of a dozen Knowles that are up there. It is XL primetime, getting closer and closer to the Frangie Show. All the stuff will be coming uh, from Indianapolis with our NFL Combine coverage. This is XL Primetime, protected by preferred roofing on 1010XL. I don't want to speculate on that. Let's just, you know, we got a week, a little over a week to, to work with here. We're going to work diligently with his agent to try to come to a resolution on this thing. So that's, that's where our focus is right now. Thank you, Trent. Trent Talkie. Actually, I'm going to go with the official Trent Balky uh, because... You may have a character appear on XL Primetime later called Trent Talkie. But that was for real, Trent Balky. He was on uh, XL Primetime uh, with the podium yesterday, and the Jaguars 
uh, very nice to let us air that uh, via Jaguars.com. And then he sat down with Frank Frangie as well. You can find that full interview by going to the on-demand at 1010XL.com. Uh, but, yeah, he said they basically have this two-week window because the tag opportunity for teams to tag players opened up last week. Right. It will end 4 o'clock deadline, I believe, is March 5th next week. Uh, and they're trying to get the deal done if they can. Who knows if they will, but that's the most important thing. So here's the thing. with, with I think it's all in the messaging, too, honestly. And you could say whatever you want behind closed closed doors, but 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 I think the public messaging shouldn't be, I don't want to get into that. It should be, look, the guy had a great season. Bet on himself, had a great season. We want him to be part of our franchise. Mm-hmm. We drafted him. We've developed him. Those are the players you want to keep. It's a negotiation. We're excited about the future with Josh Allen yeah. here in Jacksonville. That's it. Well, That's yeah, it. Yeah, and from the other side, the, the, at least what you hear and what Mia was letting us know from the NFL Combine up there with the people that she talked to, that the Allen camp, that could be family. That right, could be they're not happy about the way. They're not, they're not happy. Yeah. And, and especially when Trent immediately announces that uh, at the end of season presser, he'll be a Jaguar. And that they immediately said one way or the other, he'll be a Jaguar. Exactly. And he didn't even use the words one way or the other. At least I don't believe he did. Um, He he will be a Jaguar, not one way or the other. But anyway, that's how they interpreted it. That's what they heard. Yes, it's in the messaging. I mean, for the first time, like Doug Peterson yesterday, for the first time, said Trevor's got to play better. Right. He's got to play no, better. No, no, you and I no, argue about No, he came right out and said Trevor has to play better. This is not the no, first No, no, time. no, no, no. Well, you guys played the clip yeah. from whenever last week, and he did not come right <laughs> it was out after and the say. Season. Yeah, right after the season. He did not come out and say Trevor's got to play better. Yeah. It was like Hammond and Hahn. Okay? Yeah, anyway, we definitely can agree on the one thing that we both know is that he has told his quarterback he's got to clean yes, up. Yes, and I like that. Again, it's yeah. part of the messaging. Yeah. It's not. There's nothing wrong with publicly calling out people. Right, but the one thing he did specifically say at that time at the end of the season is that he's got to quit turning the ball over. Yes. He, and he said he knows it. We, he yes. cannot do that. And so that's the most important thing there. But, yeah, and, and like we mentioned earlier, that 2021 draft class of quarterbacks. How bad is that class we right can now, <laughs> We can be critical of what Trevor Lawrence has done turning over the football here because it warrants criticism. We can also laud all of his great play that led them to the playoffs. Because at it the end warrants of 22. it. Because it's warranted. Yeah. But you you have to look at that draft class, and you got to thank your football gods up above that you got Trevor, that you got Sunshine to come to Duval because Zach Wilson has been given permission to seek a trade from New York. He was the second overall pick in 2021. We all know it's been no bueno up there. So he is on his way out the door some way, somehow. Uh, and meanwhile, Justin Fields is basically saying, I just want this to be over. And how about Ryan Poles? We didn't play the soundbite. We'll probably play it tomorrow. But he said, I, I don't want to leave Justin Fields, and I'm paraphrasing, but I don't want there to be gray area where he's just hanging out there. Well, you kind of do. Right, because you now, Ryan. Yeah, you because make the deal. you basically have said you're moving on without saying it and that you're waiting for someone to come put a deal in, in front of you that is either so overwhelming that you give up the number one overall pick and you keep Justin Fields, but the truth seems to be the opposite. You're going to get someone to deal for him some way, somehow, and you are still going to be picking first and ninth. That, well, in that's the, draft. the problem right now for the Bears is everyone knows they're taking Caleb Williams. Yeah. Yeah. And so means, they have no Which means everyone knows 
Justin Fields is on the trading block, which very means true. they have zero leverage. Yeah, yeah, very true. So they're going to have to they'll they're going to have to take whatever they take for him at this yeah. point. And so that's just the way it is. But things are changing quite a bit. Like we said, if you if you take a look at the solidified spot, the quarterback position here in Duval, you should be thankful when you consider how many other teams legitimately are looking for brand new starters day one in 2024. And that's where we are. All right, let's say hello to the Francis Show coming up here in just a second as we get ready for them to take over from the Combine up in Indianapolis. The two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. Frank Frangie joins us now. Frangie Show up in Indianapolis, ready to rock and roll. Frank, how are you, man? I am doing great, Joe. How's everybody back there? It's been a fun combine. A little cold today outside, but we're inside, fortunately. Everything's good here. How's everybody? Oh, we're doing great down here. Listen, we, we, we built them up and tore them down uh, prospect-wise over yeah. the last three hours, and uh, I'm sure you got more. And, and we'll start to see players come in, uh, as Mia was telling us earlier, uh, that we're going to see a wave of players once they go through their medicals and everything, and it's become more talking about the players themselves as opposed to what has been the talking point, and that's transactional stuff going on between teams and, 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 and future players. Yeah, that's right, Joe. Like everybody said, yesterday was kind of NFL day yeah. when all the coaches and, and GMs talked about their teams and where they are and what they hope to do. And then starting today, the players all started coming in. So you'll hear from some of those players throughout the course of the day today. The Florida State contingent, Jared yeah. Verse, Fabian Lovett, uh, Tatum Bethune, Kalen Deloach all here. Uh, way more Knowles and Gators these days, I can promise you that. So a lot of the uh, – and, the, and their, their season showed it. So you'll hear from those guys today. We also have some fun stuff coming up. Uh, we do a roundtable every year, Joe, um, with the other three play-by-play voices of the AFC South. Um, Mike Keith, the play-by-play voice of the Titans. Mark Vandermeer, the play-by-play voice of the Texans. And Matt Taylor, who calls the games for the Colts. The four of us get together and do a, a long roundtable. You'll see it all over various – uh, social channels, Mia, who's been grinding since she's been here, is going to put it up on our social channels at some point. Uh, but also you'll hear uh, one segment of just a, just a little bit of the three of us or the four of us going around the table. We'll talk quarterbacks today. So that's a lot of fun. And then Mark Vandermeer joins us. Yesterday was Mike Keith from the Texans mm-hmm. or the Titans. Today, Mark Vandermeer from the Texans. Tomorrow, Matt Taylor, uh, a full segment about their team. Joe Cullen, our old friend, the uh, former defensive coordinator and defensive line coach for the Jags, now the defensive line coach. For the Chiefs, all he does is collect rings every year, Joe. Uh, he'll stop by as well. Our friend Ryan O'Halloran stops by. I think Bucky Brooks is today. So, Joe, we are loaded up with stuff here in Indianapolis. I, I love it, man. There's this one uh, uh, X that you can follow, NFL Combine Tracker, and it lists yeah. all of the players that are from each school. Well, I know Florida fans got excited when they saw 12 Florida invited to the combine but it was 12 florida seminoles so they made a mistake when they <laughs> typed it but i think florida will take it uh, right. as theirs yeah there's way more of those florida seminoles than those florida gators <laughs> here at this thing so but we are going to be loaded up with stuff we can't wait to kind of kick it off and that happens joe in just a bit all right sounds good frank frangie hates carlin they are up there in indianapolis lauren on vacay this week and then mia will be with them from time to time kind of bouncing in and out but yeah when you start talking about all those potential stars that are coming out of either the SEC or out of our southern footprint, Matty. Uh, There is a long, long list, and it's still hard to believe. The top of the list, 18 Michigan Wolverines. That's the most. I mean, that more Big Ten players at the the Combine than the SEC because of of that. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the one that put them over the top, that's for sure. But, you know, we'll start to get a little bit more of all these guys as we go through the next couple of days, so it'll be fun. Uh, but you got plenty coming your way with the Frangie Show. We say thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. Don't forget, we've got our 9 after 5 cranking up right after they turn those clock backs, which is the week after the players. Uh, and, of course, Thursday night trivia, Friday night under the stars on the patio with a local artist, a different menu each Friday night. So not just – fun on the golf course, but afterwards as well at the Golf Club of Southampton. You can check them all out online and see what they've got going on. Uh, we are done. Mia doing a great job up there. Joe C., Matty Hayes, Big Sirs here along with Denmark. And we got the Francis Show rolling in next.